We are back. Another episode of The Hang with your host, Jake Badger, and Corey Heim. <laughs> Don't look at me that way. <laughs> <laughs> Over there, uh, feeling frosty in his, in his hot pants. They are fucking hot. They're, they're real hot. <laughs> Note to self, no more fleece-lined pants for work. Great idea in the cold, bad idea on the podcast. Especially when you have so much sexiness in the room right now. It is pretty. The level's pretty high. Pretty pretty high. We got Cody Ash in the room. Yo, yo. What's good? <laughs> it is your boy. Coming here looking good, smelling good. You got the bling on. Bro, I, ain't even gonna, I ain't going to lie. I only got dressed up because I thought we were doing video. <laughs> Bro, if I would have known there wasn't a camera, I would have looked like a fucking bum. Oh, uh, sweatpants cut yo. off. No, dude, probably sweatpants. Yeah, hoodie, dirty hoodie. I haven't, I haven't done my laundry yet. Just, got, just flew in this morning. Oh shit! Yeah, my pink hoodie has coffee stains all over it. It's bad. That's awesome. That makes me happy. And, you know, dude, my whole wardrobe smells like weed. So Mine you, doesn't. Uh, just got in today. You said. Yeah, yeah. I just flew in this morning. Hell yeah! Yeah, man. yeah. I was so glad when you texted me and. Uh, Said you were home, so uh, I know we've been trying to line this up for a while. Yeah, so. dude. When you when you hit me up about it the first time, I was like, I was like, dude, you don't even have to ask that question. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll do literally anything for you. Um, but to even, yeah. So I I know I've been blowing you up, being like, hey, I'm home. I'm home. You want to do this? But I'm I'm glad it lined up today. Super sick. Yeah, I'm very man. excited. Poor Jake has to like wait for me you know he, this motherfucker's you know but if he's not playing he's he's free i got seventeen thousand things going on so i'm glad it worked out tonight yeah, we had one scheduled tonight anyway so fucking whole ass man yeah yeah it's coach is like 19 little league kid, like little <laughs> you got a teams. wife you got the whole wife. you're like doing the fucking thing man well let's see the problem is, is i try to do all the things that's that's what's <laughs> that's why i'm gonna die before 60 at least i think that's i think that's a man thing in general is which we yes. want to take responsibility for all the things and you if you do it all if we don't then every woman looks at us like a piece of shit <laughs> you know there's there's a that truth to, the there's truth. a truth to this so like i remember watching um, we first moved to Simpsonville, the boys played flag football. So, so Levi, Jesse's son and Cam, my son, they play on the same team and I'm watching these dudes coach them. And I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> like put this kid's not even getting up off the ground. Like get him up, tell us to get his ass up. You know? So at that point I just invested myself into, I'm never letting anybody coach him ever again until yeah. I'm just not good enough. So <laughs> Dude, my dad was my coach my whole life. So when I played like, when I was in sports until high school, uh, yeah, because I when I because obviously high schools have different coaches, but yeah, um, yeah, my whole life, my, my dad coached me in baseball, basketball, football until yeah. until I got to high school. Then I played for the the high school. Team. Did he ever look at you and go, "Quit being a pussy"? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, maybe yeah. he didn't. He probably didn't use <laughs> pussy. Well, there was one time. No, I, no joke. If you can believe this, there was a kid. That was bigger than me on <laughs> our peewee team. I mean, substantially more massive than me. But I was the second biggest kid. But like yeah. he was the biggest kid. Like this dude, <laughs> this kid was in like fourth grade already at like two twenty. Huge kid, like terrifyingly massive kid. <laughs> and and of course, my dad was like, you know, when you do the head on 
the one 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 on one like tackle just fucking hit each other head on. Yeah. And so I'm fucking angry that this is about to happen that I have to do this. And I was like, all right, well fucking here we go. And my dad could see that I was pissed, but he was loving it. And, um, <laughs> and dog, no joke. I take off full force at this kid. I'll never forget. I took off full force at this kid and he took off as full force as he could possibly get being at that size at his age. And dude, we fucking I mean, no joke. There, I should he should have put me in the dirt. But I'm <laughs> dude, I'll never forget. I mean, we just fucking both full speed just hit and just both fell backwards. <laughs> and like no one went anywhere. And everybody was just like, You heard it. Like the the cause all the they split it up between like Pee Wee, B team, A team, and flag. And um you heard it like the A team heard it and literally all of them turned around and were like Oh, and like you know that was like the big kids that were about to go to high school and like dude my dad like comes running over and i'm like pissed off because i'm in pain and i got like tears running down my eyes and i'm like just fucking mad and i'm like why'd you make me fucking do that he i like, hate you he was like dude you knocked him down and i was like yeah i got my ass kicked too i love it man I look at my kids and like and they're both very different so it's like cam is Cam's different kind of kid. Yeah. So he doesn't get like mentally as stressed about me like pushing him. He doesn't like it, mm-hmm. but he doesn't get like upset. Levi, on the other hand, like I call him by his middle name. It's how he knows, like, for, yeah. especially at basketball. I'm like, Cole across the whole court. And he looks back and he's like, you know, it starts welling up. I'm like, quit picking up the damn ball, dribble it. <laughs> but I don't know. I hope I'm doing something good for him. I think, yeah. Yo, you, yeah, dude, man, you definitely sure. are. And even, bro, you even just being there is crazy. You could be the worst coach of all time, but the fact that you, their dad is like at every game and like doing it, you being a coach is oh, just yeah. an enhancement. 100%. Like learning from you is just an enhancement. But like you even being there is so substantial to to the pivotal points of their their childhood Dan, this is what this isn't what i was expecting this to turn into <laughs> don't make me cry man i will, I will all no know. that's incredible because there's so many kids that don't have that advantage you know and like i was blessed as a kid to like that my dad was around and yeah. like yeah and um and you know was my coach and he coached my sister too and it was just like it was super cool it was it was a very cool thing for me because you know i got to be with my dad and learn from him and you know, I wasn't, I was, I was a damn good athlete, but I just didn't, didn't apply myself. I I don't know. Cause I worked really hard too, but like, I don't know. I, I think I, I was obviously ended up where I was like supposed to be, but I really wanted to be a professional baseball player. And I busted, oh, me too. I busted my ass to be a professional baseball player. Dude. You know, what's funny, man. The minute, the, the moment that I knew that I loved music more than baseball was, uh, we were playing, <clears throat> I was playing JV and varsity as a sophomore. I was a Holy Cross. I only went there for a couple of years. And uh, we were playing, uh, I think we were playing Trinity or something. We were at home. Boo. And um, I pitched a little of the JV game. And then I was supposed to leave to go to this concert. And then my coach was like, hey, I want you to pitch on this varsity game. He was a shithead. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of unorthodox to do that to, especially a young player like pitching like two games in a row. You know, it's mm. a lot of action, a lot of cool down time in between. Yeah. And then I remember throwing a couple innings and I threw okay. And I was like, "Hey, coach, like, I, like I really gotta, I got this thing I got that I really want to go to. I've had tickets for like yeah. months. It was uh, 
I, I never liked Godsmack, but it was stained. And it was right. before the second record came out, so they were playing all that like stuff Freedom off the Hall. first. No, it was at Louisville Gardens. Oh, Louisville Gardens. Hell yeah. And so <clears throat> I remember walking out of the gate and being like, fuck yeah, fuck baseball. And I played mm-hmm. for two more years, but like <laughs> at that time I was like, I love this shit. Yeah. You know, like, and I was already starting to play a little bit, so I was like, you know, but I miss it sometimes. I don't know. My mind started yeah. to turn when I saw Motley Crue for the first time. That's that's <laughs> where like that's where my first like um thought of I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing happened. And um <laughs> and then I saw my f- like first pair of boobs, which was pretty fucking cool. And I'll never forget that. I was like, but no, it was just like uh <laughs> that definitely adds to it, but it was definitely more so like uh the the people like hearing just watching Motley Crue, the way that they would interact with the people and the way that the people would respond to them, I was just like, damn, dude, like, I, I want to do that. Like, I want people to respond to me like that. Like, that's freaking sick. Yeah. And um, so that that was a big one. And then I had a, I'm not going to say names, but I played high school baseball and I busted my ass in high school. And to keep the short story short and sweet, basically – this is my side of the story. The coach has, <laughs> has a completely different side of the story, which is completely wrong, and I'll argue it every fucking time. Um, but I, dude, I was having a, a great spring training. I crushed in spring training. Like I was out, I was outlifting everyone. There was only one kid that outlifted me on bench, and uh, I outsquatted everybody. I had a great mile time, like for a big dude, and like yo, I was I was fucking crushing, and I was fully prepared to go into the season just like knocking heads dude and i was staying after practice longer than everybody i'm like i was working i was out working every single member on that team even the coach's son oh, i'll never shit. forget it and i'll fucking die by that's it. what you get and, that's what you uh, get <laughs> and never oh dude he my hair was long and we were in summer we were we were uh we would do like so we went to spring training, and then we would we would do a week of a summer camp at U- University of Louisville with with their coach and our coach would be there, obviously. And um, dude, I freaking I I got a base hit. I was on first base. My story is that I got on first base and I took my helmet off and I flipped my hair up because while I was running, I was fucking getting it, and my hair fell down in my face and which okay i'm saying it on the bag i flip my hair back i put my helmet on i lead off <coughs> the coach said that i led off and then flipped my hair back <laughs> and he said i after i scored i went into like high five everyone and he immediately ruins it and was like the hell do you think you're doing i was like what are you talking about and he was like Leading off first base and flipping your hair back. I was like, dude, I was touching the back. What are you talking about? And he was like, no, the pitcher stood there and looked at you like a freaking idiot. And I was like, then why didn't he throw me out? If he knew, if he yeah. saw me not paying attention, why didn't he throw me out? That makes no sense. Yeah, that would have been and an easy out. From there, he like wouldn't let me. Uh, he like wouldn't let me go out for pre like pre warm ups and like, dude, it, it was the whole thing. Like my dad and him almost fought. Like my dad almost fucking beat his ass. Like, dude, no joke. At behind Fairdale. Behind the Fairdale oh, High School, my dad almost beat this dude's ass because fucking he was a. being such a fucking prick. <laughs> Damn. Um, but you know what, dude? I ended up where I'm supposed to be, and uh, here we are. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's talk about that. For I me. do. Yeah. I do miss baseball. I do miss baseball. Well, you know, 
there's always going to be an opportunity. I played two years of like wood bat adult baseball down on River Road. Yeah. It's fucking wild, man. I've never seen so, people, so many people get hurt. <laughs> I got hurt. Everybody got hurt. I was pitching. Right. I'm like, fuck, man. My arm hurts for like two years after that. I've, oh, been, yeah. I've been invited to play some like local beer league stuff with like fire yeah. departments and everything. Yeah. And, like, I, I just can't like dedicate the time to the team and it sucks dude because I want to so bad but I'm just like yeah I have no idea what my schedule is we're but putting like, together a softball team fuck it yo I want to I that bro for real if I could get a baseball game in with friends or like that would be sick or even a wiffle ball game or like a dodgeball game or a kickball game yo I'm so there any in a game heartbeat, dude. For real. <laughs> let's do it to put that in the notes let's. 2024 <laughs> it's happening for sure but yeah so speaking of the music stuff, yeah. um, a video popped up in my memories the other day, and it was of the first time that I met you. It's when we did the drum circle at the old New Omni Production House. Yeah, yeah, with Corey and uh, another Corey. There's you know seven of us. Corey's yeah. in my life. There's a, there's a good amount. But uh, it's just Corey, you know. <laughs> but getting back to that drum circle, yeah, um, it was. It's kind of a random thing that uh, got thrown together. And, uh, man, like seeing that video and just thinking about how old – I'm trying to think of how old I was Dude, back I mean, then. What was that, like 2000? It had to be like 2014. Yeah. That's it had to be right. around yeah. there. Yeah. Because I was dressing like a freaking turd. <laughs> so who, were you with – were you still with Oak Kingdom? I was with Oak Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty sure I wore a, a white socks jersey to that thing. <laughs> if I remember right. But I remember being in that room and you were just destroying everybody. Like you know, everybody's no. going around playing. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <clears throat> it was like you is Corey Sturgill and uh, Chris, Chris King. Chris King, yeah. Chris and I was like, God. After after that, I was like, I'm just gonna go sit in a corner. No, now. Like, <laughs> no, 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 dude. I I thought everyone was super sick. Um. <laughs> But also, like, wait, like, there's so many different styles of drumming that were in that circle, too. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and I, th- I think everybody had their own thing, and, and I thought it was so freaking cool. Yeah, and, it was a blast. And, even, dude, even at that time for me, like, I thank you for your kind words. I appreciate you. <laughs> but, I, dude, I'll go back and watch that video. I'm like, dude, I was just, like, doing that. Yeah, so we, uh, we might have to get another drum circle going again, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. It'd be, fun. it'd be super sick. And, you know. Just where we're from, it it's it'd be it's just something that doesn't happen often, yeah. like in the South, you know. Like, and I'm, I'm well, I'm sure, like actually, you know what, man? I'm sure among like the church and like gospel communities, it does mm-hmm. happen, but like they're like so their own thing, and they're, oh, I, you know, yeah, what I'm saying, like, for sure. bro, I, I remember like doing double bass stuff and just watching these gospel drummers trip out, and they were like, <laughs> "Yo, I can't believe you!" I'm like, "Dude, do you see how fast your hands are moving?" <laughs> yeah. Like. You, what you're doing incredible. it takes me to do double pedal to do what you do with one like yeah so i was okay, looking damn, to I like i was looking to modify my fender bases right mm-hmm. i play these american deluxe i got a four and a five string and i was on facebook looking for like a groove because like i really wanted to gut them and like i wanted to put some good shit in there yeah and uh and so like i follow carrie nordstrand and like a bunch of other dudes that are making electronics and stuff and i was real uh, really looking for like something different, you know, and I like typed in bass mods. And so I joined this group and like, Oh, it's the bass mods group. So I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah, here we go. This is exactly what I was looking for. 
So I get on there, they accept me, and I'm like looking around to see what people are doing, and I'm seeing these fucking bases, and I'm like, all these bases look the same, and there's all these gospel dudes just fucking shredding with these guitars, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this? What did I just discover? And it's the it's a brand. It's called Bass Mods, and when I'm telling you these gospel dudes, I mean like the rhythm section in general. It is so it's incredible. insane. It's so insane and good. So I immediately bought one. I found one used that I liked. And I was like, bye. <laughs> and I haven't played my Fender in over. I haven't played either of them in a year. I play that really? bass every. Yeah, it sounds the best. Yeah, every yeah. time we play, I got a compliment. Like Joey Goldsmith, the last two times he's seen me play as a dude, your fucking tone is so good. I'm like, it's the fucking bass mods, man. It's the gospel dudes. <laughs> it's the gospel <laughs> dudes. <laughs> they just know. They, they just do, freaking man. know. Oh, dude, they're so good. The, the chops are just so unreal. Yeah, it's wild. One, even, of my, one of my favorite guys that I watch is uh, Brian Fraser Moore. And I originally saw him when he was with JT when he was in the Tennessee Kids. And now he's touring with Pink. But, like, I, I've seen, like, him break down some different stuff. And he's like, oh, this is how you do it. And he makes it seem so easy. Yeah, I have to, like, You're look just in. like, what the hell? I have to look into that. <laughs> I don't think I've – I've heard the name, but I don't – I can't, like, put a face to it. Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I've like actually watched, like dove into his stuff. Yeah, man, I'll check him to. out. He's he's played with literally everybody. When nice. you when you look at his history, you're like holy shit, Sheesh. he's uh, definitely like, one of the. I wonder what it's like to be desired like that. <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, it's like Janet Jackson, Prince, Justin Timberlake, Pink. Like, dude, like, it's just like never ending. Like that whole <laughs> dude, yeah, the, the, and that's that gospel circle, bro. Like oh, yeah. that is that like they all play for someone, and when they all know someone that needs a gig and they dude it's they go to them and yeah. it's crazy and it's so awesome and i mean it's deserving obviously they're fucking insane but oh yeah for sure yeah yeah at least in like the pop that pop like mainstream world like i mean country's mainstream too but you know they have a whole different outlook they're just oh, now man. like wanting metal dudes in their bands because they look cool like you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i was 10 years too late you know <laughs> you still you could still do it bro i'm telling you you move to nashville i guarantee you got a fucking gig in a heartbeat honey I'm leaving on Tuesday. <laughs> all of just all of you move. We had this conversation like two weeks ago. So, like I had we to, uh, I was I was playing a lot, like a lot. Um, and then so when you have four kids and you have like commitments, and then like I'm the I'm the pickup side work kind of guy too. So like I'll do some work or whatever, and I got a full time job doing the podcast. And so we had this like long conversation of like, what you know, what are you trying to accomplish? And it sounds kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I didn't expect her response, but I'm like, look, like I'm, I'm just trying to keep playing and hopefully one day I'll get, I'll yeah. get a call. Like, you know, and she was like, what are you going to do with all of us? And I'm like, well, I haven't gotten to that point yet. You know, like I haven't, I haven't planned that out. Well, honey, um, I'm gonna make salary. And I'm <laughs> gonna pay you gonna child go support. Go on tour, <laughs> right? And I'm gonna just send you money every time you ask, and <laughs> you can fly out to see me. We'll get a babysitter, right? And it's gonna be like what we thought it was the past ten years that Hell we wanted yeah. the tour. Like, <laughs> it's just it was funny because like no, I can only imagine how hard that is. That, it was just her being a musician too. Like. It, it took me a second because that's the first time I ever like had a realization that we both had two different wavelengths of what we thought about music. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, you know, I'm 38, like I'm still chasing the, 
But that's what I want to do. Bro, but that's know? that's a lot of problems with a lot of bands. Like, that's a lot of problems with, like, a lot of these rock metal bands, dude. Like, they are, like, they don't actually really understand what it is to do this. It takes oh, a yeah. very built and special person to be able to live this life. It's not just fucking partying and hanging out. I mean, this is work, dog. Like, yeah. yeah. And, like, the and you just like you know like just like i know you know what i'm saying like it's like dude i went 10 years not making money yeah 10 years working four jobs i'd go on tour for a month and a half come home work four jobs for a month and a half just so i could go on tour for two months and hopefully have enough money to eat yeah you know what i'm saying then i'd sleep in a fucking bottom bunk of a van that we built and we're not cried i have not a craftsman by any means and like you know what i'm saying i was terrifying that someone was going to come through the top of that thing every night like it, you know it just like it's not easy like you've got to eat shit you have to eat shit but like then you know it's at some point like it just it starts to happen and i mean obviously you got to work for it and kind of maneuver your way but like yeah i mean staying just just like we were talking about earlier like being in kentucky makes it hard like it's right. any i mean jack harlow left kentucky went to atlanta went to miami got yep. picked up went to atlanta got picked up by timberland or uh that was sorry that was bryson tiller bryson tiller got found by timberland through soundcloud from what i understand jack harlow went to atlanta i went to new york and nashville knock loose is one of the only people from kentucky that really did it but they had to get out of here to do it like they had to right. tour every fucking they still toured like 10 months a year for three years before they blew up like <laughs> i don't know if a lot of people know that but like yeah by their by the end of their first year of touring they were selling out 400 500 cap rooms as a local band and it's like that's awesome now they're you know now they're touring with suicide boys and doing cool shit playing and, fucking oh, yeah. coachella yeah what dude. fucking yeah, hardcore band you know is doing that besides maybe turnstile dude like, i mean when i saw that I was expecting like a good crowd because just by the sheer numbers. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that full crowd and they were fucking arf arfing, <laughs> like I got goosebumps right now. It was like, crazy. It yeah. fucking was wild. wild. So insane to see. Like Bonnaroo and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so cool to like see a hardcore band from, let alone fucking Kentucky. <laughs> like a hardcore band from yeah. Kentucky, Oldham County. Like yeah. doing that shit, fucking cool. Oh, so yeah. fucking cool. And it's like, but yeah, man, it you know it's just one of those things where like it it it'll definitely come around if that's what you want. It'll well, come for sure. It's gonna come. It's I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come. And, like, and the thing is, it's like <clears throat> it also comes down to like you know as sad as it is to say, but it's like it also comes down to who you know too. It's like yeah. oh, for if sure. you know people that are doing stuff and like can keep that ear out for you and like yeah, like those people yeah. do that. Like if if I hear someone needing a bass player, I'll be like. I got a guy. There's this dude. He's <laughs> a good <laughs> basketball coach too. You got one in you? <laughs> My first question is is going to be, "Hey, so I know you got a wife and kids. You going to want to tour? <laughs> it's cool. It pays. But yeah. You yeah. want to do this? But who were we talking to? We were oh, we were on Justin Moore's bus oh, talking yeah. to that dude and he was like, I was like, "What's your bass player make a year?" You know, I'm just curious. He's like, "100 grand, you know, plus like what he does on the side." And I'm like, Fuck yeah. yeah, that's what I make now for <laughs> fucking working my ass off. Can yeah. you imagine if I could make that money doing what I l- actually like doing? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you fucking can't beat that with the stick. Hell no, dude. The road's that's tough. It's a fucking beauty. The uh, you know a lot of people can't take being away from home that long, and mm-hmm. and I mean, you of all people know 
Like hell, you've barely been home. What? Just, uh, maybe a month at Dude, all this this year. <laughs> I don't even the long. Well, yeah, yeah. The longest I was home, which was almost. Oh Dude, I almost wanted to freaking. I almost lost my mind for being home this long, but we were home from like January to April this year. Yeah. It was way too long for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I just need like two weeks off. And but honestly, it's, it's the flying that makes it hard. Yeah. Like the commercial flights make it insanely hard. Like mm-hmm. if it, if I was just on a bus, I yo, hell yeah. And that, it sounds like, it sounds like, a, you know, in retrospect, it's like, oh, dude, I could just fly to the show and like fly in, play. Like, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. But when you got to wake up at six in the morning and right. fly and then stay up and go play a show that night and then go to bed early and then wake up at 8 a.m. the next day to fly for four hours to play a show that night. And <laughs> like, it's kind of like, hey, this no, is kind of, this is a lot. This is, they can't get in like a, a nice rhythm, you know what I'm saying? Right. On the, like, but we just did like 70 something days on the bus and it was beautiful, dude. We were in a rhythm. It was sick. Like, yeah. had our, daily stuff going on you know whatever and like but this little past two week stint that we just did it was like where where do we start the first show was in fort worth then we had three days off flew to fort lauderdale played fort lauderdale flew to chicago played chicago got on the bus went to bus to detroit played a show in detroit next morning flew to houston played in houston that night flew from the next morning flew from houston to new york city played in new york city that night and then we had to go from new york city to the studio in washington dc to record something and then um then the next day we went to the studio that morning drove to uh boston that night or went drove to washington dc was it boston someday there was a boston show in there with the boston dc and then or it, yeah it was new york then boston then dc uh, with the studio and stuff and then we went to Phil we played Philly last night and then I flew from Philly to Louisville today it was like <laughs> dude there's like five or six flights in the matter of a week and a half and it was yeah. just so insane yeah but uh, yeah I'm here and I'll do I'll fucking do it every day and uh, it yeah. might suck and be tiring but I will do it every fucking day I'm fully aware of what I'm what I got myself into and I Hell love yeah, every man. second of it God, just the logistics of that run right there. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how? Like, who? Yo, somebody's making some good money to plan that yo, shit out. Like, it keep is, it all on track, man. And bro, like, I mean, you got to be like built for that, dude. Like, oh yeah. There's there no like, dude. That we'll have like, yeah, there'll be people that will come, like writers and stuff that will come out every now and then. And they get like three days in, and you can just tell that they're like shot. What the they're fuck? just like, they're like, dude, yeah. I don't know how y'all do this, and they like see us drinking and partying for like, and then just on these benders. And like, <laughs> how do you guys do this and still play the set? And we're like, we're, we're freaking professionals. <laughs> That's what we call you professionals. I'm the kind of dude, like, like we, we played some gigs this year and it was uh like youth rifle weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, we played both nights till like two in the morning. And so I fucking drove home, got one of the boys on Saturday morning, drove to the farm, Fucking hunted all day, went back, fucking played again, got up the next morning, fucking took, I think I slept for like an hour for like two days, you know, but that's the only, if like, that's the sacrifice I'm willing yeah. to make to be able to play, yeah. but like not miss this shit. Bro, and, it, and you, you know? know what? And it feels good to do that too. Fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it really makes you feel productive. Yeah. And I think oh, that's yeah. why I have such a hard time being at home for so long because I'm yeah. like. 
I haven't started anything else. You know, I there I have other endeavors, but I just haven't been able to start them because mm-hmm. I I never know my schedule. But like, I and I don't want to like start something and, and like just give up on it or whatever. But um, but yeah, like I um, I, I just feel so unproductive when right. I'm there. So then I'll start going to the gym, but then like we'll randomly get hit with a random show and I'll be gone for four days and it'll fuck up my whole eating and gym <laughs> schedule routine, that I had. Yeah, had. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it'll, it'll just hit with a random thing, but it's like, once I get into a routine, we'll get handed something. And not, not that I'm complaining, but you know, it's right. it, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, fuck, I was feeling like I wasn't doing shit. And then I finally started <laughs> feeling like I was doing shit. And now I'm, now everything's mixed up and like, just trying to get that. But 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 it's nice to it's nice to do things like that where you you're playing three shows and you're only getting two hours of sleep. So you're like fuck, dude, I'm tired. But yo, I just did some crazy shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you feel productive. That's yeah, what it's yeah. all about, dude. Like I had, I feel like I find my I'm I'm at my best when I'm like when I'm looking at everybody else and they're going, and I'm like, let's go, motherfucker. <laughs> like let's fucking go because yeah. I just got. And I'm not trying to sound cliche, but. Man, I just I'm I'm only gonna be on this fucking world for so long, and I'm trying to give a bit of myself to every avenue that that I need to, that I want to. But there's a part of me like music is like another child to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I feel like I don't like I can't sit at home on a Friday night. Ask you can ask Jesse Lance. She's like what's wrong with you? Why can't you just relax? And I'm like, cause I'm at home and I'm like, I just, I just need to do, I need to go, (laughs) you know? And you know, so I relate to that so much, dude, dude. it's hard. So feel that. dude. And I've been doing this for, there's a lot of math involved. Did you guys tour within the clear? (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Dude, you know, here's the thing. We had an in the clear shirt one time. Did you? I was front row. The 040508, dude, I was front row. Oh, that, I was front fucking row dude, for the show, dude. When I tell you, man, like that I'll band, never forget that. You dude, that date 040508 sticks in my head <laughs> to to like still to this day. <laughs> that that dude, dude, that's fucking 15 years ago. It's, and I it still will never forget that show. Oh fuck. It's 15, 15 years ago. Years ago. Kinsey in the clear, Sabrosa. Yeah. Um and Dear Enemy. Dear Enemy Dear, yeah, from uh, Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, and was uh, what was the Serene? Were they on that? Serene it, might have been on that. It one. was either Serene or Dude Play. No, saxophone. it was Dude Play saxophone. Yep. It was Dude Play. Saxophone. It was the makeup was show for the, the one when the Kinsey show got snowed out. It got snowed yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. Kinsey, yep. Yep. Show, so yeah. do you guys want to hear something? Nobody knows about this except for people that were there. So the Dear Enemy guys, which then they're they're really great friends of ours. Um, Dude, they were so good. Gogi, Gogi yeah. uh, is uh, who's he play with? Madam Mayhem. He still tours and stuff, mm. so he just stays active. That's cool. But um, anyway, so that apartment that I had in Old Louisville, mm-hmm. all the bands, well, I don't think the Kenzie guys came, but all the bands came over mm-hmm. when we practiced there, and we had the whole show in the basement. Oh, that's sick. It was fucking <laughs> wild. That's, that's, oh, that's yeah. pretty fucking Dude, it was cool. such a good time. I got, I got fucking pictures of it. It was, it was crazy. That's we had, sick. That was a great – dude, that whole run for us was awesome. But, yeah, like the touring part – we weren't smart enough to build bunks in our van. Looking back at it, I remember when I remember when the Artifacts guys had bunks in theirs, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that was stupid." We just Dude. fought over the seats, like literally in the fucking street. Yeah. Like, but you know, we hit it hard, and we did it all ourselves. Yeah. Like, kind of like what you know, like O Kingdom was doing. Um, and we went fucking everywhere, and we went hard. And man, we 
you know, we just weren't, we were good, but we weren't good enough. You know what I mean? Like, and then I used that. It sounds shitty, but when I realized it wasn't going where I, where I, I wanted it to go, I kept like a Rolodex of bands we played with that I thought were really good. Yeah. Not a real one, not that old, but like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, you know, I don't need to hit some of these bands up. Framie Hanley was one of them. Um, but I ended up playing for this band out of, they said they were based out of Nashville, but they're they really out of Cookville. So mm-hmm. I, I went and moved down there and yeah. was trying to do the thing. I, I remember the walking into Warner Brothers in Nashville the first time. Actually, I just found the picture of me like inside the Warner Brothers place. Like mm-hmm. we did a write with uh, Skid Mills. Mm-hmm. He used he used to, oh, Skid. yeah. So that was like the real first like taste of. Well, there was the first push for me to go. Okay, I need to get the fuck out of the van and get the basics like covered first. Like I need a good foundation. Then yeah. let's hit the road, and then let's do all the sacrificing. Mm. And just you know, had a baby, and there you go. You know, I never yeah. never gave up on. It. I still play, but right. I just sort of waiting. Oh, for bro, you're not done. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you're not done. Speaking you're of the, uh, the hardest part of your life is about to be <laughs> figuring out <laughs> how to do it. Right, you're, it's gonna come. You're just gonna have to have that conversation with Jesse where you're like. Hey, babe. I love you so months. much. How much? Do you know how much you mean to me? <laughs> we should renew our wedding. <laughs> here's a bigger ring, dude. Yeah, here's a bigger ring. She's so she's such a good vocalist, dude. God dang, so she's good. so good. You know, it's it's crazy because I'm like, let's just do it together. Like, let's fucking you know play together. Let's do. Let's just fucking do it together. Let's let's play. And her thing is like, I just don't want to live my life in the bars. Yeah, and I and I and I feel it, man. Because I respect it. I'm, and that's I'm, okay. That's that's completely okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I don't get very many opportunities right now outside of the bars. So it's like, yeah, you know. And that's why I kind of get like I had to kind of cut back a little bit and just Yo, sort of. To be honest, dog, y'all don't even have to. I mean, with money wise, like. Playing the bars is cool for sure. Yeah. Um. I personally have. If if. No, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, that's, gonna, <laughs> that's gonna sound bad. Um, you could say it. No, 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 no. Because it it's gonna. It's, it's, it, I can't think of a way to say it where it doesn't sound bad. Um. <laughs> that's like my whole life. <laughs> like, because like, I'm not meaning it in a mean way. It's just I just never felt that. But I, I basically like. As a bar band um, that's doing covers, if you're here's how I feel. If your motive, it's cool to play in a bar band to make a check. That's how I feel. Right. But if your motive in life is to, and I'm not just saying this to you personally, I'm, I'm like I would say this. This is advice that I would give to anybody. Yeah. Um, do the bar band for sure to like two two nights a week, easy fucking five hundred to a thousand dollars, easy. Like tip between tips and whatever payout, you know, whatever, um, just easy side cash. But like, if you are wanting to like make it in as a music in a career, I, I think bar bands are a black hole. Yeah, um, I sure. think they are, are a black hole that you get, that you get caught in. And, you know, maybe in the early two thousands, that was the way to do it was your band would go play in a bar and you'd play originals. And because there wasn't social media or, you know, anything at yeah. that time, it was like, 
there were execs everywhere and you never knew when they were coming in and or you would put up a showcase and you would do all these things right that doesn't exist anymore because social media exists and it's yeah. like i like very well very well so like you and jesse could be a social media band and still make just as much money or not, or even more <laughs> like if you oh, yeah. if you and her literally just started tiktoks of her singing and you doing whatever dude and then you go live dude you can make money live on tiktok going live on tiktok people will literally send you money for no reason and if you're a great singer and it's a, a husband wife duo that's a fucking sell right there then yeah, you start getting, then you just all you have, the only money you have to spend is on recording songs you go record a track you just post that same fucking chorus every day on TikTok and <laughs> get shit behind it and go live and like just do the social media thing. And then you're generating streams and you make all that money because it doesn't go to anybody else except for your all's pockets. Get a distro kid, make all that master, set up a BMI or ASCAP account, get the writing credits. You're just getting free money for recording. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you drop a couple fucking Jesse and Corey shirts. <laughs> 25 bucks a pop i was gonna say only fans but <laughs> you can do only fans too Trick. only fans y'all can do whatever while she sings so like you're you're getting the song out and yeah. you know making yeah, all kind of dude money. yeah trick <laughs> you could literally do an only fans to where you that's the only place that you post the song and people like you post the yeah. you you post the the clip in there the video in there and people have to pay to hear your music and you guys have enough friends that people would pay Four ninety nine to hear your song. That's right. Like, god damn, dude, I'm fucking. I already feel rich. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, there's like, you you could still do it, and then you know, you never know what could happen off of that. You could completely skip the bar and start just going playing shows if it gets hot enough. Yeah. You look at sure. Jesse Murph. I don't know if she was really doing anything before TikTok, and now she's freaking massive. Yeah. My wife, Jesse follows. Cracked. She follows all these girls that put out. Uh, you heard of May Estes? Mm-mm. Oh, dude. I mean, also shout out Jesse Murph. She's an she's an incredible singer. She's so freaking good. She's right. got this. Uh, Mayestas has a song called "Thinking About Cheating." It's such a good song. I fucking hate it because Jesse plays it, and I'm like, "What are you thinking about?" <laughs> <laughs> you know. And she, uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> but like, and so she just uh, she just signed with uh, uh, Big Machine. Nice. And uh, I'm like, I mean, we were just watching her TikToks, and like, she had like. 6,000 views, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn. Jake has been pushing us to do more like social shit with like the boot scoots. And, you know, it's it's a weird deal. Like for me, like holding my phone up and going, I'm going to talk to you now. Like, well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to do it. See, that's, that's where I think a lot of people get confused about TikTok though, is TikTok isn't a platform to do vlogs. Yeah. TikTok is not a vlog platform. YouTube and YouTube is a vlog platform. TikTok is meant for a consumer with a low attention span that only wants to watch something for a short amount of time. And studies show that on average, the average TikTok video is watched for like five to 15 seconds. Like that's that's the attention span that a viewer has. Literally, I was posting all these drum covers that were like 30, 45 minute long on TikTok. Like, just doing the same thing I do on Instagram, not getting any views. I uploaded one video where I said, "Hey, my name's Cody Ash, and I play drums for Jelly Roll." And it, I put three video clips of me, one point three million views. It was under, oh, it was crazy. under thirteen seconds. Do you ever look at that and go, 
1.3 million people yeah. just watched me. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm still like, yo, what the fuck? I put all this time and money and effort into these yeah. drum videos and none of you fucking care. But I say, hey, I play drums for Jelly Roll. And it's just a small clip. I mean, yes, Jelly Roll is a big factor of that video for sure. But still. Yeah. But it's still like, dang, dude, like, I've. I've put did all these damn drum videos. Watch them, please. <laughs> this but, is what know, I actually like, am. You know, but you know, but but that that moment, seeing that, really, I was like, oh, I understand TikTok now. I get it. Yeah. And like, so sometimes you post videos and it does shit, and sometimes you post videos and they do great. Yeah. And so it's like, dude, I, I don't even freaking know. Um, I had um. Yeah, and it, it like, dude, I did one where we were playing live, and it did three hundred fifteen thousand. And then I started like talk. I really just, I think people on TikTok just want to hear you talk for like a split second, so they can love your personality and get yeah. to know you. Relation, yeah, yeah, yeah. like because you're relating to these people. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and if you think about YouTube, with how we grew up, <coughs> with how or well, how people grew up with YouTube, it was like we would people would watch makeup tutorials or they would watch tour vlogs. Like I would watch a lot of tour vlogs or we right. would watch drum breakdowns. So we would sit here and watch like 20 to 45 minute videos, like learning and watching and seeing yeah. people that we love and like, or people we look up to so on and so forth. But now with TikTok, it's just such a quick engagement. Like mm -hmm. people are more likely to follow you off one video on TikTok than any other platform. Like if you, yeah. if they just see one thing that they think is funny or one thing that they think is cool or like, they find you attractive or so on, or they just like something you said, like they're more likely to just click follow or to click follow. Cause you're tagged in something, but like Instagram, it's like a whole different thing. Instagram yeah. people like take the time to be like, mm, I'm gonna look through your stuff. I'm going to like, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, yeah. you're like, is this person attractive? Is this person funny? Like they dude, so many people just like do that. Like it's, I don't, I don't understand it, but I, it's like, I understand it. But I just don't, I don't think that way. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, each platform is like its own, yeah, its own monster. Mm -hmm. Like the, there's all these different and you have to like avenues and yeah. yeah. And Instagram's just really been doing whatever they've been doing and like limiting your engagement and forcing you to watch all these ads of things you don't freaking care about. And like, <laughs> dude, the, the, and the algorithm for Instagram changes every fucking day. And it's just <laughs> like, dude, like just keep it how it used to be, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> where I'd see the posts that were happening when I was looking at it and yeah. like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. What kills me is they don't want us to be musicians. You know what I mean? Like they don't want us to like reach people. Like what the, how that's a fucking problem. Yeah, yeah. Like how, why are you limiting my reach? Because if someone really doesn't want to see the stuff that I'm posting, they wouldn't follow you. Then they would, they, they wouldn't follow me or they would unfollow me or whatever. Yeah. Like why can't my follow, why can't people that willingly come to follow me, like see what I'm doing. Like I didn't make them follow me. They follow me because they are interested in what I do in my life. You know what right? I'm saying? So it's right. like, why would you hold that from them? If, if like, if they want to be engaged, like that's the whole, <coughs> that's the whole point of social media is to, it, you know, it was built to engage with people that you knew and right? then it's turned right. into its own monster. But it's like, what's the point of social media? If you're not allowing the consumer to engage with everybody that wants to see their life like that to go yeah, on yeah, you know what sure. i'm saying like well now because they want you to spend money on the ads 
You know, it's yeah. that that's a whole nother like but just the, bullshit. But there's no ads that are like, bro, if they had ads that were like, hey, spend ten dollars a month and every one of your followers will see every post. Yeah, I would fucking spend ten bucks. <laughs> like yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I make a video but, of me farting and pay ten dollars just for everybody. But to I'm see getting it. like I'm getting I'll just go through my like regular Instagram shit, just like scrolling. And I'll be getting suggestions for people that I have no idea who the fuck they are, nor do we have any mutuals. Yeah. And it's like these like influencer model girls or whatever. And I'm like, I don't fucking care that you, I don't care what you fucking do. Like, I don't care about this. Why are yeah. you showing me this? Like, right. you know, I'm, and I'm like sitting here liking posts of like trucks and guns and drones and shit. I'm like, no, why are you showing me fucking, I don't give a, fu- like, I don't give a fuck about this girl dating some rapper like oh why are you telling me to follow her i don't want yeah. to follow her you want to hear something funny so when I, <laughs> when I first uh joined in the clear they like clay cook was like the the he was the technology guy he was he ran all this all the sites and he was back then your band had to have an actual website you know and i was like man you guys are kind of like missing out on this myspace thing like this is pretty like it, this is 2004 5 2005 and so I I was working this like temp job at Papa John's corporate and they my at the time they didn't fucking know. So the MySpace was available on their thing. Yeah. Instead of doing my job, I literally spent eight hours a day randomly adding friends. <laughs> and when so I tell smart. you that I mean I did it for days and weeks and months. There are people with in the clear in the clear tattoos that that only knew us because of me <laughs> sitting in Papa John's <laughs> corporate fucking Oh yeah, 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 dude, for friend sure. Friend me, friend me, friend me, friend me, friend me. Yeah, you know, and that's how like it, Lindy Dawn, and like it, never, I'll never forget it. She messaged me, and she was like, "Well, I live a couple hours away in Litchfield, but I'll come see you guys play sometime." Next thing I know, we're like going to her kid's birthday party. You know so what I mean? Sick. Like <laughs> we we just met all these people that way, and just I don't know, it's just different now, and it's cool because like I feel like you really gotta you gotta make an honest effort. Any like really have to make an honest effort to yeah. get out there in front of people, and so what we lost in the passing out flyers game, yeah, we're now having to put that energy into the social media game. It's like it's not going to come easy to us ever. Yeah, yeah well, sure. MySpace was the destruction of footwork. Yeah, and and you know Facebook just completely killed it. But after Facebook came out, it was like, oh, you don't have to go door to door and put flyers up all around town and do all the shit like. It's still going to help you if you do that, but like, yeah. now you don't have to. Like, yeah. It, yeah, I miss that, dude. I miss I I miss the footwork game, dude. I miss putting up flyers. The FedEx shit. on Barstown <laughs> Road used to go to that motherfucker. Me and Terry Harper would go at like, because they used to be open twenty four hours. We'd be in that motherfucker at like five in the morning, fucking smell like little Caesars, <laughs> fucking printing off flyers for shit. I mean, that was like, I don't know, man. It's it's different. It's so different now. Yeah. But MySpace like came out when I was in high school. So like the my first band was a band called Bullet. So we were like kind of on top of that, like being on MySpace. And then Facebook came out and we created a Facebook and everything. So I never like our first show was at Bulldogs and fucking Bulldogs Bulldogs. Cafe. So our first show was when I was like a sophomore or junior at Bulldogs, and um, you know, obviously at that time it was a bunch of metalcore bands playing there, and so for a hair metal band to come in, it was like super weird, but um. But yeah, but I, so I never got to like go down to like Barstown Road and like put up the flyers and like do all the shit. The only flyers I put up were like around Mount Washington and um, 
<laughs> and it, you know, cause I was just a kid in high school and I didn't, <clears throat> I was still learning so much. And, uh, but you know, I think about, I think about the time I, so I never got to like do that footwork cause I just came out in the time that, you know, social media was starting. Yeah. And, um, but I always think about like my favorite bands are Motley Crue and Poison. And I think about them like being on the sunset shirt. Like every time I go to the strip, I'm like, dude, these motherfuckers ran up and down these streets, like fucking putting flyers up and <laughs> harassing people, like yep. getting them to come out to the show. I'm like, damn, like these motherfuckers worked. Like these dudes fucking worked every night they worked. And like now motherfuckers just have it easy. They put one little 10 second clip on TikTok, and if people like it it goes viral they get signed they go on tour they're doing all the shit and it's like they're yeah. you know it's dude. They, they don't know what it was like <laughs> no yeah. idea we no used to call clue. we used to get our merch orders in and like ticket orders so for our cd release show we sold tickets we we clay printed the shit off and we sold tickets to 13 different states so we sold out headliners 13 different states and so after the show was over <clears throat> we took our merch uh purchase printouts and then our our ticket web orders, and people fucking put their phone numbers in there. So we just started calling fucking people. We were sitting at Stim's uh, kitchen table. I'm like, I remember picking up the phone and calling. And I'm like, some dude answered hello. I'm like, hey, is this so and so? Yeah, who's this? Like, hey, this is Corey from In the Clear. Just wanted to call and like thank you for buying our stuff and like coming out to our show. And and then I remember one guy went, uh, this is fucking weird, but okay. You're welcome. And I was like, but then we had a couple people that answered like, no shit. Like, you're not fucking with me. Like, yeah, dude, I'm just some dude in Louisville, Kentucky sitting at a kitchen table in J-Town. Like, you know, I'm just calling to say thank you because yeah. it, it really like, that's the interaction that I'm, I feel like there are a lot of people miss on. Is oh, that yeah. like face to face or yeah. that like pick up the phone and call. And not some like automated message saying, "Hey, thanks for being blah blah blah." Like you're reaching out to these people and going, "Hey, like I'm I'm this guy in this band, and I appreciate you liking my band, or I I want you to listen to my band." Yeah, that goes a long way. Yeah. Dude, oh, sure. dude, there's a. So I I had a. I gotta be careful about how I say this. So the um. A few years ago, or it was like when I first joined Jelly. He was like still really doing his YouTube stuff, like heavy. <clears throat> And he did a video and he didn't, I'm not going to say what video it was, but my phone number got leaked on this video, <laughs> but you had to be like a super fan that was like really, really paying attention to like what he was doing. Cause Jelly didn't realize that he left my phone number up in this video. And, um, and he, he's like, it's just like in there for like a like a second and like you would have to pause and write down the number. And I had no joke over the past two years, I've had 10 people text or call me and say, Hey, is this Cody Ash? And I'm like, yeah, who is this? And they're like, no fucking way. And I'm like, Hell, yeah, what's like, what's up? And they're like, dude, I didn't think this was going to work, man. I like found your number on this jelly video and I thought it was fake, man. Like, <laughs> like, if one of you doesn't send a picture of your butthole in, you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> they're like, dude, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I, you know, I don't want to bother you. I'm like, man, you're not bothering me. I was like, let's talk. How are you doing? What's going on? And they're like, dude, you want to talk to me? I was like, yeah, man. Like, what are you talking about? Like, Why not? We're just awesome. fucking, we're human, people. Man. Like, we just talk. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think that might, I, I mean, I hope. It, something to them you know i know i'm not jelly but like i thought that oh, man, i thought that sure was pretty did, cool yeah. you know well this Absolutely. whole thing is built around like the reason me and jake are doing like doing this podcast <laughs> is like we want to 
talk to the people that like the supporting cast. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I wonder how many interviews like Jelly gets on like a day, on the offers he gets on a daily basis. Oh, like, who knows? Dude, I feel terrible. And I'm that sure, needs a break. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys do too. But like, I want to know no, more. Do. They don't give a fuck about us. <laughs> but like, but we do. And like, I feel like the people. I feel like that people should know like what goes into not being the superstar. You know for what sure. I mean? And yeah. like, yeah, for sure. There's so much, there's, there's a facet to the music yeah. uh, business that people don't, I don't think even know exist. Um, and I, dude, I think that's something that's pretty cool about one of like our band is like jelly does such an incredible job of, of like including us in a lot of things. Um, we don't like do interviews with him, but um, he always shouts us out on stage. He always is like connecting us with people and like, you know, so on and so forth. Like he, he, he's just genuinely like, he like, like helps us do whatever. And, um, he's, he's, he's an incredible, he, hard to get a hold of, but like he will, he'll do, <laughs> he'll do anything for anyone. But, um, yeah, like, but our band, like I get offered to do like podcasts and stuff and all, all, all the time and i think that's super cool and um it's not something i really see um because there's there's a lot of country artists that don't put on for their band like that oh, don't yeah. really like that's not a normal thing yeah. like normally like being a hired musician is you normally don't talk to artists you don't hang out with artists you don't do nothing you like you just show up you do your job and you go home like yeah and that's what i think is so cool about our band is like for some reason artists like hanging out with us <laughs> and that might be because we just fucking party but yeah, yeah um but dude yeah like we we always find that like artists are on our bus or like we're in their green rooms or like hanging out and it's like i never see anyone else's bands like hanging out with jelly or like really hanging out with there's a couple of bands like like co wetzel's band we all fucking hang out earn earn band we all hang out hardy's yeah. band we're we're all pretty good friends uh we're all really tight with morgan's band um yeah. Who else? Um, Lakeview guys, uh, Lily Rose, Riley Green, like all like we we Parmalee. Oh my god, dude, those are probably some <laughs> of my fucking best. I love those dudes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and there's so 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 many more like um, that are just all great hangs. But uh, I never like see other artists like yeah, yeah yeah hanging out with other bands, and I I just I think that's really cool that we like we have that repertoire with people that, that they like hanging out with us and, oh, for and sure. you know, cause you know, that makes you feel good. It's like, Oh, you know, Dean's just kicking it. Like, All right. It's kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, or like, we're just sitting in a green room with Nelly, like chopping it up. Like, I, you know, it's just the, one oh, of those yeah. things. that's like, you just don't really, I, at least I never really saw that happen with like, like country musicians. And, oh, and yeah. you know, I just was like, Oh, you know, the places you show up, you do your thing. You don't talk to nobody. You, keep your head down and do anything like whatever but yeah for uh, I don't know. maybe it's just because we fucking party <laughs> we're, or, or the fact that we're just metal dudes that don't fucking care and we're like fuck your ego like take a fucking shot i don't give a fuck like hell yeah so you guys get to spend a lot of time with jelly or is he kind of off doing his own thing and- it depends if we're on tour like we'll get to but like you know this the the radio stuff oh, you yeah. know normally has them in a, a hold so Definitely. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I don't know. He invites us to like Thanksgivings and Christmases and, um, that's cool. He really, the, the easy, the easiest way to hang out with him is if you have an Xbox, <laughs> that's the <laughs> easiest way to hang out with him. But like on tour, he'll hang out like, yeah, dude, it's, 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 we get to hang out and it's super fucking cool. Um, 
He's an, an incredibly great dude. I hang out with Bunny too. Bunny's super sick. Um, she's dude. That, she's like my big sister. Like to be completely real with you. That, yeah, that's that, awesome. She's put me in some. She's put me in some hard conversations where she's seen me just being a fucking loser, and <laughs> she's like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, stop, <laughs> stop doing this shit. Like, fucking, why are you doing so many drugs? Quit being an idiot. Stop." Right. And I'm like, "All right, sorry." My she's wife scared, is obsessed dude. with her, dude. My wife is like, then you tell Cody Ash that I want to hang out with Bunny. And I was like, well, ain't Yo. that easy. Come on. Like, you can't just be like, dude. you know, like I said, get, get your ass out. Let's go to Nashville. And then fucking hang out with Bunny. Dude, yeah. No, Bunny. I don't. Bunny don't really like go. Uh, Yo, know, the most that I've seen Bunny go out is this past week when she's been in Vegas. Dude, she went to like, I said, because we were all, we were all talking about it and Jelly was talking about it. And Jelly was like, bro. This bitch is out here partying, and she's like, "Man, he, he, she, I haven't seen her go out like this in a minute. She going to Miranda Lambert, and she's going to the Raiders game, and she's like doing all this stuff." And he's like, "He's like, man, I can't wait to get off of this, bro, because I just want to party with my bitch." And he was like, "He's like, I love all of you." He was like, "But I love hanging out with Bunny way more than any of you guys." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, she's fucking cool." To that that whole relationship, like when you see it online, you're going. My first reaction probably like was like, "Damn." That's a different, you know, when I yeah. like years ago when I first like saw their social media stuff, but man, their fucking bond is is so fucking killer, man. And yeah. and people like I feel like everyone should see how they interact with each other. Yeah. And like even just for what we see just mm-hmm. from the online stuff, who knows yeah. what happens like Oh, you know. it's the same. That's that's them, though. That yeah, but them. that's what I'm saying. Like, the, how many more instances of like actual real love and companionship? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because in today's world, like, a lot of people get on front of the camera and they just fucking uh, put on the show, dude. See, the thing yeah. is, though, is bro, they're like they 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 have cameras around them at all times, and they're just so genuine. Like, bro, Bunny posted a video the other day when they were at some like award show that like Jelly had just won an award. And they had to like go downstairs to walk to the other ceremony or something. And on the walk, Jelly heard one of Bunny's like favorite songs at like that moment. And he like stopped and just started dancing with her. Like, (laughs) and like, and you see someone like come up and tap him and they're like, and he's like, he gives him a look like, like, fuck you, dude. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, (laughs) fucking come grab me. Like, I'm sitting and like literally gave him the look. Dude walks off or woman, whoever it was, and like, he just kept dancing. And like, it's those things that's like, and she calls him like his sweet angel baby and like, or her sweet angel baby. And like, she like defends him on everything. And to where he has to be like, yo, like, don't let these people, like, they're talking about me. Don't let them offend you. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a, it's a unique, uh, it's a unique relationship to have. Man. They're amazing, bro. She, and they like, you know, they really just, yeah, I have so much. I tell them this every day, bro. I tell Jelly this every day because he changed. He completely changed my life, you know. But, um, but you know, Bunny has had a, a huge impact on me too. You know, as far as because she's seen me at some really low points and and has you know just been a big sister and like stepped in and like said some things. And Jelly has a lot as well. But like you know, when it comes to like relationships and hearing a, a female aspect, it's it's always nice sometimes. And like there's sometimes you have to get hit with that truth, like Fuck that yeah. that oh, fucking yeah. female truth, and yep. like. You know, and, and, you know, she did that. She'd done that to me. And, uh, and even when they brought me in, like she, she was one of the first people that was like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, you doing okay? Like, you all right? What do you need? And like, we just, you know, we connected and she was just a, 
a good friend like as soon as I got in and I just felt like family felt comfortable and Jelly made me ex- feel extremely at home and um you know it's just like he says dude like he he creates a safe space for the people that probably don't feel like they belong or like are losers or outcasts or Fuck. you know so on and so dude, forth that's and his it's thing like, man it's like- so sick dude and it's like <laughs> I love every band I've ever been in, it, but like, I felt I didn't ever really feel like a lot of them understood me fully. Um, and I was friends with all of them, super close with them, but it was like I had tendencies that I didn't know and didn't know how to control. And like, and you know, always just kind of felt like a fuck up, but being a part of Jelly Roll's crew, I didn't feel like a fuck up. I felt I was like, oh, dude, these are my people. This is like, I'm home. Like, this is, yeah. this feels like home. And through that, I got better as a person if that makes sense like somehow being feeling like i was a part of something made me realize that like i didn't need to be a piece of shit i didn't need to do drugs like i don't like i don't need to do any that like these are like my homies these are my friends this is family like i'm here like and and if i do i'm not judged for it yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah (laughs) which i think is the biggest part is is feeling like people are passing judgment on you and you know, because, yeah, that's just, it's never fun. Like, look, oh, literally, yeah. like, have you ever been in that, like, position where you're looking at someone and you can just tell that what they're thinking about you? <laughs> well, yeah. In that oh, moment, yeah, and course. it's like, it's like the fucking, such a shit feeling, but it's like, at the same time, it's also like, yo, fuck you. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck what you're thinking, like, but also, yeah. you don't want anybody to judge you. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, man, that's cool that uh, you get to have that relationship with the artist. Because, like you said, there's so many people who, you know, just in one of them jobs where you just show up and yeah. and play and then and uh, don't sorry get any I talk so much, dude. Dude, don't do apologize. This on that's what this bro. is for, man. I know. I do. I see you keep looking at time, and I'm like, no, that's my bedtime reminder for my old ass. <laughs> I'm like, dog. I get on these fucking podcasts, and I can I can talk for hours. Dude, me like, too. Oh, yeah. I for think hours. like I have to like consciously tell myself I need to shut the fuck up so Jake can talk. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I literally I did a I did a podcast with. Um, do you guys know who Macy Walker is? Macy Nicole Walker. Uh huh. Um, super great woman. Um, but she's like. She's really big on TikTok, um, and she also has incredible music. But uh, she has a podcast with her ex-husband, and they're so awesome. Like, just such great people. But, dude, I went in there, didn't know him, and never met them. And we sat down, and we sit, we literally talked for three hours. And <laughs> and when we got done, we weren't even done. Like, we weren't even near done. We, like, just, like, touched the surface. And... <clears throat> They're like, dude, you're our longest podcast we've ever had. And I was like, I was like, bro, you guys have to cut me off. Cause like I'll fucking, I will literally keep doing, I can talk to you about so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Especially this past year. God, you've, you've had so many, uh, so many wild things that you've done. The CMA award, you know, like, uh, I, I identify with that real hard and like, you know, me and Jesse were in a band together for four or five years. Yeah, that's when I met you. You know, like, and so she's the, she's the fucking person that I needed to get my ass in check. For sure. And like, gives me all the good fucking kudos, but is not afraid to tell me to go fuck myself when I I need to. Like, she helps my fucking ego keep me in, you know. Mm. And when I see Jelly and Bunny interact sometimes, I'm like, man, I'm so fucking glad that I got that I ended up lucky enough, yeah. you know, 
Like, I got somebody that's not not up. afraid to fucking tell yeah. me, like, hey, won't you shut the fuck up? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, dude, no, for real. I, yo, I feel that because the girl that I'm seeing and I, I mean, I would, I would basically just say dating, but um, thought same fucking thing. I, I don't know what it is about her or what it is, what she does that just makes me like, bro. I, I, I just feel so comforted and like so at peace when I'm with her, but she'll also like be straight up and like tell me who it is and or like tell me like how it is. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, like in, in, but the, the cool thing about it is, is I can be straight up with her too. And it's, it's not, she doesn't like get sad and go cry. Like she will, she listens and she's like, all right, uh, you know, I'll work on that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did that. I'll yeah. work on that. You know what I'm saying? Like just straight up with it. And, and it, dude, it's just so cool. But like, she's like the first girl that's made me like, honestly, it, it, she's another big reason of why I, I'm not drinking and doing drugs. Like at the, at the moment, you know what I'm saying? Cause like I had a scare with drugs and I like kind of realized I was like, dude, like, I really like being around this girl. I really like, you know, hanging out with her. So yeah. like, I kind of want to live a life and you know, I, <laughs> I see that with her and yeah, man. dude, it just, uh, yeah. So I don't know that it's the first person that's made me want to be a better person to like grow, to be a better person. If that makes sense. Yeah, man. And then you, you meet these people and then you also, you're, you're getting older and you start to realize like, man, I'm fucking not invincible. Yeah. At least I think that, a few days of the week. Facts. I'm like, you know, like Big facts. I go out to the bars and sometimes I, I get a little too, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but like you just start to kind of start to look at your life and go, okay, maybe I am going to live to see 50. Mm. Maybe I'm not as disposable as I used to think yeah. that, I, that I was. I mean, I was convinced. I was like, now there's no fucking way I'll see 30. Bro, I'm so, I'm going to be so surprised if I see 45. You will. I will be beyond surprised. <laughs> I used to think the same shit. Well, I'm not 45 yet, so there's still some time. But when I tell you <laughs> that, like, you start to find peace with stuff and, like, but think about where you're at right now. You're in. You're doing what you love. Yeah. Even though it can be a catalyst for destruction sometimes. For sure. That's the oh, lesson. Yeah. Oh, it has been. That's the challenge. It's I'm pretty. Not, sure, I'm pretty sure the touring has been a catalyst for like the the departure of my past two relationships. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because because oh, I I, th tough, I think both times I was thrown into new situations and. I I lost control and did not know how to handle it, and I became a person that I don't like being. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And like, I think Tori can 100% be a catalyst to those things. And Absolutely. and and you know maybe that sounds like a weak mindset, um, and and not being strong enough to like say no to things. But like, dog, I've I'll I'll just sit here and, and own it. Like, yeah, fucking maybe maybe it was a weakness, but like. You have to go through the week to to right to learn. Yeah, you, know, you got to go through the shit to learn. I mean, think yeah, about it, sure. dude. You're you're you go out there, you're on the fucking behind the drum kit, doing what you love, fucking performing. That in itself is like an expression that ninety five percent of people on this earth are never gonna know. I look at these motherfuckers at work sometimes, and they're like, you know, sometimes stuff like they kind of rib me a little bit. Like, what were you playing at this weekend? You know, like mm -hmm. just because I'm I'm playing in a fucking bar somewhere or whatever. Dude, my whole fucking. And life. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I I will not only will I stomp your fucking ass, yeah. but but like <laughs> you go home and like you you know nothing about your true self. 
Facts. Like, you're scared. Like, yeah. I will go out there and fucking play and have a good time and put my, especially when I'm playing, like, like original music and the stuff that I've put, like, energy and effort and emotion into creating. Like, I will absolutely just, you know, I just put it out there, man. Yeah. I fucking get out there and just rip. And then I don't care what any of these fucking people think. And then, yeah, I might go back on Monday morning and get behind my desk and fucking do my shit. But mm-hmm. these motherfuckers don't know. Yeah, I worked. Um, my, my dad didn't understand it at first. And so, like, when I came home from my first tour, he was like, you know, how much money did you make? And I was like, you don't make money on tour. He's 72 like, cents. He's like, oh, well, all these other bands are millionaires. And I'm like, yeah, they're playing arenas and stadiums, man. Like, just I booked I booked this tour, man. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. But he like you know because he wanted me to go to college and you know have a, a fallback, but a fallback wasn't realistic for me because I don't want to fall back. This is right. I, it was this, this or nothing. Like, yeah. And um, and he and so he he it took him a little bit to understand it, but he came around and was like, oh, how many? He it eventually turned into how much money do you make? It turned from how much money do you make to. Oh, how many people showed up? Like, were there people there? Did you guys sell merch? Like, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So he's like starting to get it. But my, the one that would bother me a lot was, um, I was working at a, a vape shop, and I I love this guy that the, the dude that owned the vape shop. He's he is one of my business heroes, dude. This guy is a fucking legend. Um, but he would also like kind of talk you know kind of like talk shit because we had that relationship where he could talk shit to me and i would just eat it and laugh you know whatever <laughs> um god i love that dude um but he um he, he just one of those business dudes that you just are you just really look look up to you know what i'm saying he, yeah but um but yeah he i, I would come home from tour and he, and he every time he'd be like so how much money did you make how much money did you make when are you gonna make money when is this gonna turn into something feasible when you know i was just every time i was like dude I don't know. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how to answer this question. No, I didn't make money. No, I didn't come home from tour. But I tell you what I did do. I did go around the whole United fucking States. I did go see yeah. cool shit and eat cool food and <laughs> meet cool people. And like, you know, I, I did all these cool things. But he's like, yeah, but now you're coming back home to work at a vape shop. And I was like. Yeah, but you've been at the vape vape shop. Yeah, you've been at the fucking vape shop, bro. You were here last Monday through Friday (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, it was like, but but you know, it um, it was just one of those. Well, you know, he he owned it. He he has about like fifteen twenty locations and a whole warehouse for. He's he's a business mogul, dude. The dude's a genius. I'll never I'll never talk bad about him. But that was like, that was one of those things that would bother me. Was he he would ask about money, but he was but what he was. Looking back, what he was doing was like making me think about business decisions, which was very smart on his part for my young brain. But also he didn't understand the that all I was looking for at that time was like, yo, how was tour? Like I just wanted people to be stoked for me for what I was doing. Oh, yeah. I didn't sure. want I didn't want to hear the, the the realities of what was happening, but like yeah. those realities are 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 real and like that's something you do and that's what hit me in 2018 to really like i like i had to like make a decision where i was like dude my band i've been in this band for three years i thought we were going like three or four years this is when i was joined siler i was like i haven't seen an increase in shows we're still the one or two slot we're not direct support we're not making any more money we're not doing like i'm not coming home with money in my pockets when we should be Mm -hmm. like I don't know what business decisions are being made. I don't know if it's the level that we're at. I don't know what's happening because I, I, 
I was in that band, but I wasn't like, I didn't see any of the financials. Right. And um, because I was like brought in like so late. Um, and so it was just like in 2018 or, uh, 20, 28 into 2018 through 2019, we like didn't have a lot of tours. Like we did a Europe tour and like, it just felt like the band was falling apart. Like we did a head. Oh, that's what started it. We did a headliner and the headliner was shot. And you know, some of the members in that band had been in that band for like six, seven, eight years. And, you know, to see your first headliner not do good, I'm sure is very infuriating. And like, you would think that there's going to be more people there, but the the way that everything was rolled out the way that like nothing was done right for that record to do a headliner and um and they and Siler was not at a point where they could have done that headliner like i mean we did it and it was cool and it was awesome the kids even came out you know what i'm saying but dude i think we all only came home from that tour like a month and a half long tour with 500 bucks which Damn. should have easily been 10 grand of peace yeah what should have easily been 10 grand a piece off of a headliner we all only got 500 bucks because of terrible financial decisions so it was like okay man <coughs> and then we went to europe and the band was falling apart because they were just all arguing and angry and oh, dude it was it was crazy um it was it was a very dark time for that band um and but i remember at the end of 2018 i i kind of just had this epiphany where i'm like bro i'm like 26 27 years old at the time I was 26. I'm 30 now. Is that right? Is that math right? 25. Sounds right. I was 25, 26. Close whatever. Enough. It doesn't matter. One of those ages. And, um, to carry the two. <laughs> carry the two. But yeah, no, I was just like, dude, if I want to make a living at this, I have to I have to make a change. Like, I have to figure out how, how to fucking do this. Like, what do I need to do? And so that's when I was like, sorry. I was like, what? where can I make money? Because metal isn't cutting it. I was like, country pop like how do well okay well how do i get into that and it was like so i started doing research and then i'd start i just kept seeing like writers 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 and so i was like okay i'm gonna just gonna start looking up country drummers and country writers and you know at the time that's when like hardy and Ernest were on the come up and morgan like wasn't even a, morgan was only doing like 300 to 400 cap rooms and like right you know all that shit and um Luke Combs was still like super small and like FGL was just about to break up and like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, but yeah, it was like, I went and did all this research and just ended up finding out that there were already country drummers that followed me. So I would just network with them and be like, yo, how did you do this and get everybody's stories and get their advice on what I should do. And literally every single one of them was move to Nashville, move to Nashville. And so in 2020, I was just, I was like, okay, I'm not going to just up and move. I was like, I'm just going to go down here a lot and get lunch and drink and party with people and like network that way. Yeah. And that's like how I ended up getting with jellies just because I ended up by happenstance, like with through devil's cut and all that stuff. Like I ended up, that's they were recording out of jelly studio and I just happened to become friends with a lot of his people and they all followed me and saw that I played drums. I never even told him. I didn't tell him I played drums. I didn't say anything to anyone. They just all found it on their own and they were like, damn, bro, you're kind of like badass. And I was like, thanks, man. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and just, yeah, just by happenstance, I ended up getting the call uh, at, in 2021. So it was like, you know, I was, I was one of the weird scenarios where I, I got the call before I moved down, but it was because I was there every month for yeah. a, almost a year and a half straight, you know, but 
that's been but the social media helped with it too oh yeah that's been the one thing that i've heard from literally everybody i've talked to that's like you have to be in nashville you can't be you know just just a sometime you know sometimes coming down and doing stuff here and there you have to be i was literally told that now that like now that i'm in this i i have to live within 45 minutes to an hour of the city yeah like if i if i don't it not not by jelly right by other people yeah um because I don't think Jelly actually really fucking cares. <laughs> to be honest, I don't care. I don't think he cares where I live, but um, or where anybody lives for that matter. But all I know is that the whole band is in Nashville now. So oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so are you guys locked in with like a contract where you can't play with anybody else, or you got to be available like a certain time of the year? Or? Um, not not necessarily. I I, I am on like a retainer kind of thing with them to where it's like that, that is the artist I play for. Like, you know, that's my guy. Right. Um, and if, but I can, I have the freedom to go play with like anybody that I want, if that makes sense. Like, like if we have off time and someone comes to like a homie comes to me, like say you couldn't do something and and you guys needed a drummer and you're like, yo, can, can you come do this? Or say someone needs me to go track something or like whatever, like I can go do that. But, but like, say I got a call to go on tour and mm-hmm. in the middle of the tour, they get jelly gets a show. Then you got to go. I'm, I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, and I, w- and I would make that decision on my own too. Like if I'd be on hard, <laughs> like, sorry, I respect, I love and respect. Thanks for, Oh yeah. For let sure, me yeah. fill in. But you know, that's my guy. <laughs> <coughs> um, dude, I don't know what's going on with my throat. I'm so sorry, boys. Don't Very apologize. Good, it's nice and natural. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah so it's like we we we're very fortunate to have the freedom to like yeah be able to track and like go play if if we are, if we're off but like yeah if 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 they hit us with a show we, we got to be back yeah, like yeah. right there so which i i would want to be back because that would <laughs> that's that's i want to play with him forever so oh, for sure man i want to so, backtrack for like one second so I know that no one along are the same, you know, some same people from Kentucky. So what was it like? What kind of challenge was it for you to, to fill in for Corey with the artifacts guys? Hardest set I've ever learned in my life. <laughs> oh, shit, Hardest yeah. fucking set I've ever learned in my fucking life. Holy shit. God, dude, that was one of my favorite times. <laughs> I was, I honestly, that was one of the times that I was like impressed with myself. Cause I was like, damn, dude, you learned like some of the hardest songs ever. And yeah. I was like, and I still feel that way, dude. Dude, their timing and the way that they crazy. And I, but I'll never forget there was um, <coughs> we were rehearsing at Early Grace, and um, <clears throat> we were rehearsing for that tour, and they were like, <clears throat> they were like, oh shit, our set is like one song short. We can add one more song. And <laughs> in the middle of rehearsal, I was like, you bro, were like, Fuck. I was like, dog, I just learned like six of your songs in a week and it was the hardest thing I've ever fucking done. And they're like, yeah, we're going to add like a seventh or eighth song. And they're like, um, they're like, do you know this one? I was like, no, I got to learn it. And they're like, how fast do you think it'll take you to learn it? I was like, I don't know. How fucking hard is it? Because your all songs are hard as fuck. <laughs> and they're like, well, just listen through it and, you know, we'll go take like an hour break. I was like, I, I was like, I can probably learn it in an hour. I was like, hopefully, I think. I was like, but, um, I was like, I can't guarantee anything because I don't know. And, they were like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll give you an hour, like, you know, just play through it. And so I'm in early grace, just like going through the song. I can't remember which one it was, but um, 
But that was probably the, one of the most impressed I've been with myself was I learned an artifact song in an hour and like came back and practiced the whole set with him. I was like, fuck yeah. I can't believe the sub but just gave you an hour. <laughs> dude. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> it was, you know what it I, was sick. It was so fucking cool, man. I loved touring with artifacts. It was so fun. You know, so damn good. It, they've, they had grown up so much from the time that they started artifacts and then they were out on the road. You know, we all kind of lost touch a little bit. Like I was telling you earlier, like, I kind of hated for a little bit just because I was envious that they had like gotten to where we had gotten and then started taking they then they made it like further and it was like watching my little brothers like be better and they but when I look back at their stuff and I like listen back to the material mm-hmm. and like I talk to them um uh, once in a blue moon yeah um it I don't know how to describe it. There's something special about that those group, that group of guys. Dude, just talk about the Absolutely. most talented musicians to ever come out of this city. Oh my god! I mean, the Not most. Even close. Like, and that's no disrespect to anyone else. Out, like, but oh yeah, holy crap, dude! Like, you just you think motherfuckers are doing like three or four part harmonies, five yeah. part harmonies, because Jamie sang, Jordan sang. Uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah saying and Lucas and Lucas yeah so they were doing like four part harmonies <clears throat> I, don't, I don't I don't remember if Eugene had a mic or not not usually dude he might have a couple God, times so Eugene's good. a bad motherfucker boy yes. bad motherfucker. he's a bad oh, motherfucker he, he needs nasty. a fucking wall that says bad motherfucker <laughs> like he killed I mean it, it killed me to to see them kind of just dwindle off because they were just such a talented group of dudes but well, guess what Little birdie told me what? Little birdie told me that they're gonna be playing soon. I yeah. fucking hope. Yeah, I watch. I won't be able to fucking go. <laughs> yes, you f- are. They've been uh, they've been releasing like little sneak little, peeks little clips, here. but yeah. I, I just got some confirmation that there is there is air under those. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah. I think Jordan just uploaded a photo for the first time in ten years. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> yeah, did, he man. Did. He's oh man, but. <laughs> You know, a lot of inspiration for for me because like young, I was with him when he was in the West End studio. Yeah, that's, like that's where in the clear got their shit stolen, yeah. our stolen, our shit stolen from <laughs> the old uh, on Thirteenth Street. Yeah, yeah, I used to practice Dude, there too. I fucking, oof, I was on this rough, health, man. I was on this health kick. I was like, I'm riding my fucking bike to work, my bicycle. I lived in Old Louisville and I worked over off a of fucking campground road, like by Dupont in the mm. West End, and so I'm like. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go to the practice spot and fucking play the drums. Like that's what uh, it was my favorite part about having yeah. a practice spot was like my drummer wasn't there, so I could play the drums. And so I rode my fucking bike there, and I go to stick my key in the door, and the door just opened. Oh, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I looked in, and I just got a brand new Fender American Deluxe four string, brand fucking new, and it was gone. Oh, and bro, I bet it was. I bet it was those, those people across the hall. You know, you know exactly look, what I'm talking about. You too. know, look, we, we they went to fucking mom's music on uh, Melwood, carrying the f- two, not none of mine, but two of Clay's guitars. I stole like a '75 Gibson Explorer, and then his Rickenbacker. They're holding them by the straps with the wirelesses still taped to the straps, and went in like, can we, we can we sell these? They're like, yeah, sure. And they had our flyer sitting right there. We're listening mm-hmm. our stuff. I got restitution from them for like 
two years, but it was like thirteen dollars a month or some shit. Yeah. But it, it was like ten grand worth of stuff they fucking took. Yeah, bro. I remember the first time going to that studio. I was so stoked because I was like getting to record drums for the first time. Yeah. And I was so nervous. But also like that was my first time being on that side of the city. And <laughs> being from being from small town Mount Washington, I was like Holy tripping, shit. bro. You know, oh, and yeah. I was young, dog. I was like seventeen. I'm like tripping my you know my dad is just so protective like so protective and he was like what you're going on 13th street he's like that's i was like yeah man and he was like boy you better be careful <laughs> 13th like, and oak baby dude, 13th yeah. and oak like man like and i dude, i got down there and i was like i remember just being kind of scared to like step outside and then yeah you know you walk in the building and at that at that time weed was like still scary to me it was like if you smoke weed like you were like a badass and and so it was like you walk in and just smelled straight up like weed and then you're just hearing this fucking rap music blaring dude it looks like there's oh, gangs yeah. hanging out in the hallway bro it looks like oh, that yeah. it looks like that fucking scene from, do you remember that movie hardball with keanu reeves oh yeah, oh, yeah. dude it, <laughs> it walking into like, like g baby's apartment is what it felt like um yeah. dude and uh, you know, so just young, small town Cody, I was like scared. And I was like, I don't know what's about to happen, man. Like, you know what I fucking did? You know what my dumbass did? <laughs> so I walked up in there and I started knocking on doors. And like these punk rock guys from across the hall answered. And I said, Hey, someone just stole our shit yesterday. I need you to fucking tell me if you know anybody that has our shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm by myself. I'm a fucking dumb idiot. I was really stupid back then. <laughs> and so they're like, no, man, we don't know anything, you know, blah, blah. Dudes next door kind of shady. And the walls were kind of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> you know, and the walls were like kind of flexible. Oh, yeah. There was, it was just like insulation. Yeah. Like and I said, I said, well, hold on a second. He said, next door. So I'm back there fucking peeling the sheet metal back a little bit to look in their fucking room. <laughs> and I'm like looking around and shit. And I'm going to knock on the other doors and like nobody else has answered. Nobody else is there. And so I'm like, uh, I remember loading out all the rest of our stuff because we called the guy. And we're like, "Fuck you, man! We're like, we're moving our shit out. Like, he's supposed to have cameras. Didn't have cameras that worked. Yeah. Didn't want to take responsibility for it. Nothing. Yeah. And it had to have been someone in there for sure. And so, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm, I'm, I remember carrying the drum rug. Was the last thing I had was the drum rug. I was throwing it in our van, and this dude comes up and he's like, "What's up, bro? He's like, he's like, uh, y'all moving out? I'm like, yeah, because someone stole all our fucking shit. I said, you know who did it? And he was like, no, nah, man. I was like, somebody in this motherfucker knows who did it. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to keep coming back until one of y'all tells me who did it. But he could have fucking hit me. There was a fucking 30 of the motherfuckers <laughs> over there. They could have stomped my fucking head in right there. There were some rough people down there, Dude, for sure. But, man, for that sure. was the worst feeling in the entire oh. fucking world. Oh, I yeah. couldn't even imagine. I could not even imagine. And I was broke, single dad. And I wasn't single dad. I shouldn't. Whoops. I was a broke dad. <laughs> I wasn't married. But like I didn't have my fucking money, and somebody goes and steals my shit. It was it sucked, oh. man. Right before that, we had a uh, disgruntled band member that got fired who came in and trashed our whole room. I mean, luckily, nothing got stolen of mine. Who was it? it? What band? When I was an institution. Oh fucking! Uh, who was it? I don't want to say it on here, but wasn't <laughs> <laughs> skits? Was it? He wouldn't do something no, like that. Uh, I think skits. One of his bases, I think, got stolen. No shit. Yeah, they fucking threw all my drums down. And, Damn. That place it's was rough, up. man. I remember going, I was heading to rehearsal one day and the, the cops had the road blocked off. 
Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I need to get to my practice spot. They're like, <laughs> he's nah, like, motherfucker. No, nah, he's like, somebody got shot in the face in the parking lot. And I was like, all right, uh, man, no practice tonight. Sick, dude. Oh, gosh, dude. I'm, fuck. It's wild. Good times, bro. I've recorded like seven songs out there. Yeah. Legendary. God, I missed that spot. So what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what's what's a what's the day look like for you in Nashville? Are you doing are you recording doing studio work or like what are you uh, bro, I haven't figured it out yet. I hate living in Nashville. I don't like it. I miss Kentucky. <laughs> it's a weird place, man. It's dude, it's just too many people. I wish I was I honestly I, I would I'd be living in Florida or Kentucky if, if I had the option, but um I haven't figured it out, man, because I I don't have I just found like a guy that I can record drums and stuff with. Um but dude, really I, I just really want to get like on a, a workout routine and like go record when people need and go write when people want and like that's what I like that's what I want to do and like yeah. obviously I'm I have business endeavors that I wanna and embark on with like dropping merch or starting that I wanna start a podcast and like I you know, I wanna do there's so many things that I wanna do, but I haven't like organized it to where I can make it uh a daily thing where it's like a routine where it's like, okay, I wake yeah. up, I go to the gym, I come back, I make breakfast, I do an hour of TikTok, and then I go do a write, and then I come home and I eat dinner, and then I do a podcast or you know, you know what you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I yeah. haven't like scheduled out that that yet, or like I work on merch or I do designs or I do this. Like I haven't scheduled it out to where I can like where I've figured it out yet. So like yeah. <laughs> a normal day right now is I wake up and I think about it. And I'm like, okay, who can I do? What can I do? And then I'll like send some emails for Devil's Cut and South Paul and, uh, you know, work on that stuff and, um, you know, take some phone calls and call the band, see what they're doing. And they're normally not doing anything but playing video games. So I'm like, all right. And so I'll go smoke weed and then I'll watch TV and <laughs> order way too much food. And right, <laughs> right, right now I'm on my like relax shit. I'm on my like, I'm not doing nothing. Like you can't pay me to get off. Well, you could pay me to get off the couch, but I'm. I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, honestly, I'm just, I'm just really just chilling, like, and especially that's why I'm, it's one of the reasons I'm in Kentucky too. Is I just want to like get back to like home and like friends because like I got friends in Nashville, but none of them, no one is comparable to like the friends I have here, dude. No one can ever compare, and uh, just a whole different bond, different like relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just oh, yeah. nice to be home and be around like those people, and I'm definitely gonna like soak it in for a few days because i <laughs> yeah, the man, last thing recharge. i i need to be away from music and like around just yeah just 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 sit in bed and just chill and you know what i'm saying <laughs> well i'm not a balanced guy man like so i'll run fucking hard as fuck i'll run 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 and then i just need a day just yeah. to like do nothing i normally yeah. take like a, a week off when i get home from tour where I, I literally don't do a fucking thing and i just get fatter than i am and i fucking <laughs> eat the shittiest of food that you could possibly eat like and just get so high that i'm like oh dude it's 2 a.m yeah taco bell sounds good before bed and i'm just shitting my pants <laughs> <laughs> but like speaking of your other endeavors we were talking earlier about about fucking uh god i talk i, I haven't eaten taco bell in a year oh god dude, i That's, fucking love taco i hate I, I it made me sick i got i got sick I got I ate at the Taco Bell on fucking Blanket Baker, and I went and did a job. And I remember getting home, and I was like, "I don't get sick." And Je I looked at Jesse, and was like, "I don't feel fucking good." She was like, "All right, well, go take care of business." And I'm like, 
So like it was one of those things like I tried to puke for like three hours and I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. And it just I'm jealous. pain. I'm and so then jealous. All of a sudden I like woke up and I'm like, bah. Oh no. And That's I I, I think about it's like the new Jaegermeister. Like I think about Taco Bell and I go, Oh, <laughs> dude, I hate that you had that experience, man. I've I've yet to um I've only thrown up for from food once and I like I only got food poisoning one time and it was from a salad from Walmart. Um <laughs> It was one of those pre-made salads. You know I think if you read the label on there, it tells you that you're going to fucking throw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It's like your butthole's going to take a new shape yo, after the salad. Yo. Walmart, you will puke. Bro, I was on Warp Tour, and I we we were on the, what was called a bandwagon. It's not a bus, but we oh, were yeah, on the bandwagon. bandwagon. Those are cool. oh, yeah. I love the and, um, a lot of people hate bandwagons. I fucking love bandwagons. <laughs> I fucking love them, dude. But a lot of people were like, they ain't got shocks. They're shaky. They're this. And I'm like, yo, you're just... Being a pussy, better in a van. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. Go back to driving a van if you whatever. But no, I'm, I'm being funny. Um, but we stopped at this Walmart, and of course I'm fucking broke. And so I see this like three dollars salad. I'm like, oh okay, yeah. And then I like got out and I didn't eat it. I put it in the fridge, and I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, I could just have this for like because I would just get meals to if I didn't like the warp tour food and. And there was one day we were in Orlando, I think, and I didn't like the Warped Tour food. And I was like, oh, shit, I have that salad. And it was like a chicken salad or something. I did. I, th- I can't remember if I looked at the day. If I feel like I did, and I feel like it was a day after. And I was like, oh, this is okay. It'll be fine. It smells it good. okay. Yeah. Like, it didn't smell bad. Their <laughs> lettuce wasn't brown. It was like, I was like, oh, this will be fine. It's good. So I eat the salad. Dog, we get off stage. <laughs> And I'm sitting on the bus and I had that moment of like cold sweats and I'm like, yo, I like really don't feel good. And bro, I, (laughs) I literally threw, I was in my bunk trying to fall asleep. I rolled out, threw up so much and it was all the salad. (laughs) I just threw up (laughs) and I felt significantly better. I was like, oh my God, thank God. So I get back in my bunk. That's, this isn't where it stops. That's just the beginning. <laughs> so I get my back in my bunk and I fall asleep. And I'm like, oh, thank God that passed. Like, I'm so glad I got that out. And I, and I, I hate puking. Like, the things I hate most in the world are shitting and puking. They're my top two least favorite things. <laughs> and, and here come both. <laughs> so on this tour, Same I learned time. this. You're like, you're not supposed to shit in, in the bus. In yeah, the bus or shit in whatever. The bus. Right. So they, this was engraved in my brain. It was like, don't fucking shit on this thing. And I was like, yeah, okay, I fucking won't, dude. All right. <laughs> Bro, I roll out of my bed, and that's when I learned about hot bagging. I roll out of my bed, and I'm like, I don't have time to stop. Like, I can't, I don't have time to text our driver to tell him to pull over immediately. Like, I have to, I'm about to shit my pants. And so I find a trash bag, and I close the door, bro, and I did not make it. <laughs> I as I was pulling my pants down, bro, this shit went all over that motherfucker, bro. And I was like, it was on my hand, it was in the bag, it was on the toilet, it was on the ground, bro. It was the worst, worst. And the bandwagon bathroom is no bigger than than this half square. Yeah, it's fucking tiny. I can't. Yeah. You can't sit down, so I'm sitting here like this, like just fucking. For you can't, that you're listening, you can't watch. I'm not all the way sitting. I'm like quarter sitting down. I'm trying to hold this bag behind me and the shit's just running. Damn it. Oh, sorry. Shit's just running down my leg. Yeah, so, it was, 
was nerve, bro. It was oh, awful. Fuck. And literally, I woke. I got everything cleaned up. I had to mop the bathroom and like sanitize and wipe everything down. I was. I, I cleaned it. I cleaned it really good. And then I like actually took a shower while we were driving because I was like just so disgusted with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I got back shame got back in bed and, and we we woke up and someone was like we got to, we got to the venue and someone was like dude you guys like smell that shit last night it smelled awful where we were and I was like guys I gotta tell you something <laughs> uh, shit. I shit oh, and they were like you shit in the fucking toilet and I was like no dude I fucking that's the thing I couldn't get the toilet seat up and I fucking missed the, the bag and it just wasn't good they're like, oh, oh yeah, God. we knew it smelled like shit. Yeah, <laughs> we knew something was going on there. It smelled like Walmart lettuce shit. Dude, I had to, I had to hot bag the other night, actually. Dude, like three days ago. No joke. I fucking, I ate, and I got, I got really high and I ate. We got canes for after show food. And I ate like 10, chi- I got really high. I ate 10 chicken tenders, four pieces of Texas toast. Like five cane sauces. Oh my god, and bro! It was a Damn. lot of food, dude. I normally like I can really only put down food like that if I smoke. Like normally, if I eat food, bro, like I couldn't even finish a subway sandwich yesterday. Like a foot long, yeah. I only ate like a quarter of it, maybe seventy five percent. I know it doesn't look like that, but like I swear to God, dog. Like unless I smoke, <laughs> unless I smoke, I cannot eat a fuck ton. Um, and, <laughs> I, I, went, <laughs> I literally looked at our tour manager and I said, Do, well, actually, no, I, t- I, I went up front with the bus driver. I was like, yo, there's a plaza coming up in five minutes. Can we stop? And he's like, yeah. So I made it to that one. Thank God. Got out and I get back in the bus. I take some fucking Pepto. And he's like, he's like, you get it all out? And I was like, I think so. And so we get driving no more than 15 minutes, bro. No more than 15 minutes. It fucking hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, shit. And I ran up to the front of the bus. I looked at our tour manager. I said, get the fuck in the back. I was like, go to the fucking back of the bus. He was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm about to shit. And he was like, he's like, well, fucking don't shit in the toilet. I was like, no shit, dude. I need a hot bag, but I don't want you guys up here fucking smelling it. Like, let me get this shit out of the way and like, (laughs) whatever. So fucking I had to hot bag it on the bus and it was... Oh, I hate it. I hate doing it so much, bro. It's the worst. Can I kind of admit something? I think it's fucking... I, I mean, I've never had... Well, I've had the hot bag, but like when I worked as a uh, a road mechanic and I'm like out in the middle of fucking mm-hmm. nowhere working on shit and I had to shit, I'm just fucking go in the woods. There's yeah, nothing yeah, more sure. fucking freeing than shitting outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? I'm like, nobody's out here. I'm just doing my thing. No facts. Oh man, that's Yo, fucking funny. Speaking of shit, I got to pee really bad. Same. Can I pee really bad? Yeah. Okay, go. So, over the past few years, I know you've uh, you've changed drum companies. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you fully endorsed with Mapex now, or what's that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been with Mapex since 2021, um, oh. and before them, I was with SJC, but. Dude, Mapex has, has taken extremely good care of me there. And I didn't really realize the difference in drum quality. I didn't I didn't really understand that there was a different I knew there was a difference in woods and you can get different tones, but like right. there is definitely a massive difference in the quality of like wood that is used for the drums and stuff. Yeah. And plies and so on and so forth. And um and I just noticed it immediately with, with Mapex and um dude, I it just any other kit that I've had, it it's just taken me so long to tune and and so on and so forth. And like, 
with the Mapex kit, bro, there was I literally just threw a drum head on, stretched it out, and a couple fucking turns, and it was ready. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "I've never experienced this." Like, um, Hell yeah. dude, it, and it, it it's just fucking great. And they're also uh, they're also great over there. Um, uh, Jeff and Henry and my old rep Mark. Um, yeah, dude, they're they're just they're, they're a great company. Super cool. Awesome. Are you playing the uh, Saturn Evolution or what's yeah? The the, they have me on the the they have me promoting their Saturn Evolution series. Yeah, that's sick, man. I started with Saturn, but then they moved me up to Saturn Evolution last year. I used to play a Saturn kit, man. It's one of my favorite kits that I've owned. Dude, they make some great such a shit. good kit. Yeah, yeah, such a good kit. And uh, my Saturn Evolution kit is beautiful too. It's dude, it's I have t- three of them now. I have a. A sunburst, and then I have this purple burst at home, and then I have this um, all black kit that I used this year for the tour. Hell yeah! But the, yes, the, I saw the, that purple one. That mm. that thing is beautiful. Oh, it's a fucking beauty, dude. <laughs> I wish I could play it. I'd like. <laughs> we have like three different rigs now for mm. like when we have fly dates and stuff. Um. So I have like. We have an acoustic rig, which is C rig, and then we have the sunburst kit, which is B rig now. And then we have um, the A rig, which is the black kit, and um, the black set and evolution. And but I had to use like all my stands that I had at home for those kits and all my cymbals and shit. And so now I don't have anything at home to like practice with. So like the drums are just like sitting there with nothing on them, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully I'll get that taken care of soon so I can practice because I need to fucking practice. <laughs> <laughs> I need to practice so bad, dude. I've like realized it because I I got into a really weird slump at the beginning of the year where I was just like, not, I wasn't like, uh, complacent. Like I wasn't like, yeah. I wasn't just like satisfied with with how with my skill at drums, but I didn't have any motivation to learn anything new. If I that makes you. sense, it was like. I don't know if last year was just so busy for so long that when I got home, I was just like, I don't even want to look at drums. Like, I don't want to hear them. I don't want to see them. I don't like, what do you know what I'm saying? Like, but then like, I would see these drum videos. I'm like, damn, I wish I was doing that. And then I was like, but you're not practicing, you fucking idiot. So like, how do you think you're going to do these things if you're not practicing? And I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know this year. I actually, I had a conversation with someone about it too. Cause I, I like felt weird about it. Cause I was like, dude, I, I've never, not played drums for this long like i've always like like this was the first time that i ever was just like i just want to break i just want to break from drums you know what i'm saying like for practicing for practicing stuff like right i didn't want to touch my drums unless i had to learn something for jelly or i had to like um clean up before we went into rehearsals or you know so on and so forth or i had to learn something to fill in for someone or whatever but yeah it was like it was just the first time that I've ever, that I ever felt that. And I, I like spoke with someone about it and they're like, dude, you can't like let anything take away your passion. I was like, that's the thing is like the passion's still there. I just don't have the drive to like sit down and like do the fundamentals and do the rudiments and work right. on my wrists and so on and so forth. But I learned real quick going into that tour that we did this year that it really fucked me not doing that. Cause I was like <laughs> so sore. My wrists were hurting and like, yeah, dude, I, I I definitely learned the extent of how important practice is this year, especially like being thirty. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. Um, 
not not playing drums every day for like six months besides like the the two shows we'd have every month was like so detrimental and oh yeah I didn't realize how detrimental it was because I even noticed it like in my doubles and my ghost notes, like in just everything that I was doing. And I was like stuck on like fills and I would like, we have like a couple six, eight songs that I just wasn't vibing. And like, I just like, I just couldn't get the feel right. Like I was, I was, I was playing a song of course, but it was like, I go to do a fill and it, I was just like, man, I need to practice six, eight more. Like I need to play more songs in six, eight to get more comfortable with this time signature. And like, yeah. cause I would always get out of it and go into like four, four and, uh, and get the counting weird. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like trying to do fills in six, eight was just became very weird for me this year. And I don't know why. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, well, you need to fucking practice. You fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the worst about that man. Like I'll we'll play like you know I'll I'll do a month. There was a month that in this this year I think we did ten. We play I played ten gigs in a month. And like I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing all the other stuff too, yeah, yeah. it's a fucking lot. That's a lot and for sure. I remember like we had like a week or two off, and I was going, uh, I'm just not gonna touch this thing for a while and I'd gotten really good at going home and like picking it up you know uh, Jesse got that acoustic bass for me and so like picking it up going home and like just just kind of running through some stuff yeah and uh, it's easy to get out and to, to you're right like you, you said it well like it's not like complacency it's like just the energy to like to do it because like to sit there like it's not just a physical exercise it's a mental yeah, exercise too for sure and so you got to be like ready and equipped in both facets to be able yeah. to like really make practice worthwhile. You have yeah. to like mentally prepare yourself that you're going to sit there and fuck up over and over yep. and over, over again until you get it. <laughs> and it's like, it, you know, and I think that's something that like, you know, cause you, you read like, or the science says, or, you know, whatever studies have been done that like the younger you are is when you learn the most. You know, and then as you grow up, you know, like as a teenager or as a child, it was so easy for you to learn things for as a teenager. It was so easy to learn things. And it was like things just came a little bit more naturally. And like there was more desire. Like I remember when I was in high school, I'd come home from school every day and practice drums for four to five hours until it was nighttime, like every fucking day, unless I had baseball or football practice. And, you know, and it wasn't even a thought process or a mental thing. It was just like, that's what that's what I do. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. But now it's like as I've got older, it's like a process to be like, okay, well, um, you know, because, you know, I was living, let's, let's just say I was months ago, like I was living with my ex and, um, and it was like, okay, well she works night shift. So she needs to sleep until about this time, which means I have this time and this time to go to the gym. And then she wakes up around this time, which means I would have this time to play drums from, but I have the neighbors and then, I have this and it, and it was like, I just, so many things would just add up and I'd be like, yeah, it's not even worth it. Not even worth like going up there to fucking sit down and try to learn this shit. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I started, you know, it, and honestly, dude, I'm gonna be real with you right now. I'm gonna be completely real with you. I didn't sit down behind my drum kit at home and learn a single new jelly song. The way that I learned those songs was I wrote all of them out. 
Yeah. I think I think I might still have the note too. <laughs> I did not. I literally did not sit behind my drums before the full band rehearsal. I literally wrote them all out on my phone and just listened to them over and over. And I was like, okay, I got it. I think. I think I still have it. I know that game. Yeah, <laughs> man. I feel like, especially being a drummer, you know, we don't. I haven't always had access yep. to to play. Oh well, majority of them. Oh yeah. The, like the easier or the the harder ones was where I wrote things in. Yeah, yeah. But like this one doesn't have this one is only cymbal swells. We had already been playing this. This is save me. Um, the ones that we weren't playing. So I I'd already played behind bars. Uh, already knew the loss because I listened to it so much, and then already knew halfway to hell, but I didn't know these. But like all the ones that I didn't know, I just like had notes written out. Are, are you going off the Nashville number system no, or? I, Let me, can I see your notes? Yeah. I'm just curious to. <clears throat> to see how, uh, like, what kind of notes you're taking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's cool. It's always cool to see how yeah, other drummers work. And It's <laughs> weird. I posted, uh, there's a there's one I did the other day where it was like we, we were told to learn a song. Like, I had like 30 minutes to learn the song. Yeah. Um, see, I, I would operate so well under that pressure. That's when I do my best. If you say, <laughs> hey, in, in three weeks, we're going to get to practice and uh, have these songs <laughs> ready. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll have them ready. And then like 17 hours before it's time to be there, yeah, I'm like. That's that's me too. Uh, I better learn these songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yo, I, I think I might have been so angry about it that I like deleted it. So I was like, I'm never going to play this song again. Um, But like even like the the Jesse Murph like wild one songs. It's like, I write out like how many measures mm -hmm. there are like, and then I'll remember the, ver like I'll remember just the beat and stuff about it. Right. Um, which I don't know how I do that, but I just remember the basic beat of the song. Mm -hmm. And then like, as long as I know when to stop, I can play a whole song. Yeah. Now it's not like that with metal. I can't do that with metal. That right. can only do this with like radio rock country yeah, and like sure. pop. You yeah. know what I'm saying? With metal, I have to like actually sit down and, and play because there's so oh, many there's intricate so patterns yeah, with yeah. like the kick drums and stuff and yeah. and the, that are like so important to the song. It's like when I when I filled in for like Knock Loose in in 2019 or like when I filled in for Wage War last year, like I had to sit down for I I learned the Wage War set in like four days and um, but I had to sit there for like eight hours a day and like I would listen to the song and I'd get it perfect and then I'd play through it three times and then I'd go to the next song and I'd learn it perfect and then I'd play song one, song two and then I'd go to the third song and I'd learn it perfect, play it three times and then I'd do one, two, three and then, yeah. you know, so on and so forth until I had the whole set to where I could go from top to bottom remembering every song. So it was like I'd get to fourth song and then I'd learn it perfect and go one, two, three, four and then I'd get to song seven and learn it and play it three or four times back to back to back and then i'd play the whole set song one through seven and do that all the way until i was at the end of the set yeah um but that's like that's just how i operate for metal because i did the same thing with scary kids scaring kids when i filled in for them in like february of last year and because they're they have some really weird shit they have songs that were going from like four four to seven four to eleven four to three four to six eight to dude it was like fucking weird ass time signatures dude and like oh shit um so that was that was another one of those that i had to sit there and just really fucking learn like hammer out and because it was hard 
But yeah, artifacts, artifacts, and scary kids scaring kids probably have the hardest set list I've ever learned. To be real with you, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I come from like the rock and metal, yeah. Background. Same, same that's same. that, like that's where, that's where I do my best. And like I appreciate country now more than I ever did. I remember a guy I worked with used to play country. He was like, "When are you gonna get your cowboy hat and come play some of this, Jason Aldean with us?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Never." <laughs> fucking you fuck you you know i'm like listening to fucking Amur and like uh just uh, casey strain and like it was like fuck everybody and uh and i started doing the country thing with jesse you know and but now that i've discovered and we'll talk i, I want to i do want to touch a little bit on uh, devil's cut but yeah. there's this like genre of metal country sort of that's happening and even yeah. though even though this band doesn't sound country at all they look at and it's my new favorite heavy band is fucking Gideon. I'm telling you right I now, I listen Gideon. to that fucking band and I want to, I want to kick a baby. I want to punch somebody's Hell fucking yeah. poodle. I love that band and their bass player. Yeah. I'm like, so good. looks like he just got out of a fucking save a lot NASCAR sale special. And it's like, he just up there just fucking just cool as fuck. The sunglasses on his long ass hair. I'm you like, want to know a funny story? Dude. They're, so that their bass player's named Caleb. Those are like, dude, those are like really, really good friends of mine. Like I love those guys with my whole heart. True Alabama boys, dude. And, um, but Caleb, um, is from Chattanooga and he, I met Caleb in like 2013, 2014 when he was doing his networking shit, like trying to get his way in. And I met him when I was in O Kingdom and he was, um, he had just joined a band called those who fear. I don't know if you remember them. You should know mm-hmm. oh, if you like, if you like Gideon, those who fear started it. Yeah. <laughs> you should listen to those. Oh yeah. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you about them after we get off here. But, um, so Caleb played with a band called those who fear for a little bit. And then after they disbanded, Caleb actually was Siler's guitar tech on Warp Tour. Oh, no yeah. shit. And then off that tour, he ended up going and joining Gideon. And um, yeah, so and now they're just fucking. I mean, they've been crushed. I, dude, I saw I saw Gideon in like 2011 at Keswick's. Dude, 2012, 2012 at Keswick's. They were at Keswick's? Yeah. What? Dude, a little crazy a show. A they block were, away from there. They were touring off the Milestone record. Um. Oh my god! Have you have you gone back and listened to that stuff? No. Well, I just I got on their Spotify and I just fucking rip it. I just <laughs> I, mean, I just I just rip it. Um. Yeah. This record. I assumed they were a newer band. No, they've been around. This was this album dropped in 2012. No shit. Yes. Okay. So I saw them. I saw them in 2012 or 2013. Was my first time seeing them. Uh. This song. Uh. Gutter and Prodigal Son has. Is crazy or no? Sorry, sorry. Um, how was it? Gut check. Wait, hold on. Where's this band? I'll just never forget when those bass drops were hitting at Louder Than Life. <laughs> no, it oh was. Oh my god! It was. It was twenty. It was twenty eleven because this song "Gut Check." Yeah. Um, and then uh, they were touring on the Milestone record, so they had "Gut Check" and "Prodigal Son," and bro. So they're fucking dogs, dudes. They've been out for a while. Oh, they are fucking road dogs. And their vocalist, Dan, he actually has a CDL and he drives buses. Uh, he drove Wage War last year. No, no shit. shit. 
<laughs> so when he when they, awesome. when they're not touring, he drives buses for other bands. That's cool. And he has a massive farm and a tractor. Dude, <laughs> he, he looks like I love he that has he's a just a big old country boy. Dude, he is a true redneck. God, Caleb looks like. God, I love. He's Caleb like so if much. Ricky Bobby and fucking Carrot Top had a baby. Dude, he looks like okay. the off. He looks like the the Dollar General Chad Kroger. <laughs> and awesome. i mean that i only say that because we're fucking friends and well man so it, much uh, they're i think they're coming here soon they're coming to mercury mercury ballroom and uh, their drummer jake jake is a monster is oh, yeah. a fucking monster dude. He is, dude he is one of my top five drummers of all time he is so top 10 top 10 drummers of all time he is so insane and he and you know what the crazy part about it he has no fucking idea how good he is i hate people like he is the nicest so, dude in the world too. so Just, humble yeah. and so nice that like like and it's when you compliment him his how genuine his response is that he is just so taken back that anybody thought that he was good is crazy it's not like He's doing it to be kind. He's genuinely like, you really, you really thought it was good? Like, dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's so kind and just the best dude and also one of the most particular people I've ever seen about his drums. This motherfucker <laughs> wears gloves when he tears down because uh, he yeah. don't want fingerprints on anything. And I'm like... Well, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you are badass. I went to literally... That's I went to guy. help him tear down one time. And he was like, oh, no, 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 you're good. And I was like, you sure? And I was, he was like, yeah. He's like, I put his gloves on. And I was like. He's like, did you touch my oh, drums? I was like, oh, it's like that. I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. He's like, I had yeah, a guitar man. player, Brandon Sidebottom. He used, to, he used to have an Engel Powerball amp. And he would go up to it. And he'd be like playing. He'd play the same fucking chord. And he'd go to his knobs and go. <laughs> and he like, I was like watching. And then he would go and he'd listen. I'm like, he'd turn around and I'd go. And then he would play it and like go back. I mean, it was like micro adjustments. Like motherfucker, yeah. he used to like disrupt our whole practice. Like, wait, I need to get the tone. I'm like, God, bro. Oh, well, those tones are important sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. I, I switched to the Kemper, and like I get, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a fucking tone snob. Yeah. And now, now that I'm not selling and buying amps all the time, I have like thousands of different tones and shit at my disposal i play great basses and mm. I, I play really hard so it really brings it out i'm so fucking happy that i finally and like to be i'm not tooting my own horn here but everybody's like do your tone so good i'm like yeah. fuck, oh, yeah, it is. fuck yeah it is oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so what about devil's cut man so you not only do you do you play the drums for jelly roll mm -hmm. and uh other bands when you can <laughs> So you're 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 managing bands too. So I know Devil's yeah. Cut and what's the other one? Uh, the uh, so it's Devil's Cut from Kentucky, and then uh, I got a band from Florida called Southpaw FLHC. They sound like some bad motherfuckers. Oh, they're bad motherfuckers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, they're terrifying. Yes. No, nah, they're 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 they're. <laughs> These are my people. They're super cool, dude. They're just they're bringing back like uh, you'd love them. You'd fucking love them, dude. They're um, if you like like Gideon and shit like that, you'd you'd love this band. Um. But yeah, they're they're just they're kind of doing this like hate breed Pantera fucking thing, like you Hell know yeah. what I'm saying, like that old just like aggressive like hardcore shit. Hell yeah. And um, yeah, they're they're super sick, and they're all just super kind. They're all super kind guys too. Like, 
I, I've, I had the opportunity to, to, I didn't know that some of them were Jelly Roll fans. I had no idea. Um, and they didn't know that I played for Jelly Roll when I was like trying to talk to them, which was super cool. Uh, <laughs> but I, when they're all from Jacksonville and I got them to, uh, I was able to bring all of them out and uh, the drummer's mom and, and sister or, or mom and wife to the show or something like that. And uh, I know his mom was there. I can't remember if it was his sister or wife or came either way, but um, they, that I got to bring them all to the show and like bring them backstage and like, oh, that's it, cool. it, was, it was like one of their first like experiences in like an arena backstage, like in a, cause we have like a full, we have like a full bar set up and like a full thing of food set out for everybody. And like, you know, there was, there was some, some higher, some, some known people that were there and like porn stars that were there and like, <laughs> and, and like, um, and you know, they, they were like, dude, that's, that's this person. Or like, that's this person. I'm like, I don't know who they are. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, but that's fucking cool. And they're like, no, dude, that girl does porn. And I'm like, sick. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool, man. But like, but if, I, I guess it, one of the girls, it was like someone they knew, but it was like, um, shit. Oh yeah. They, they got the fucking, oh, who was, who was at that show? Um, uh, Mike Busey. Do you guys know who Mike Busey is? He uh, runs a sausage castle in Florida. I don't think He's so. a legend, dude. It's <laughs> a legend. He he got very he got super known from he years and years and years ago he uh set up something that he had like he always has like girls at this house. Like he always has girls at this house and but he set something up to where it was like all any military or veterans that came through got like a blowjob from this girl. And like it was like a fucking full thing where there were like ten dudes showed up and this girl sucked all of them off, oh and like because God. because they were veterans. Is this and the dude with the funny looking teeth? I that's he, I think you're thinking of the actor. Gary. No, 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 Gary not Gary. Mike, Mike has Mike's like a Mike's like a bigger dude. Yeah, and he has like the skull tattoo. Yeah, on his the stomach. podcast. He's got really straight chiclet teeth, and he has a, a sorry mohawk. Mike. Mohawk. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. great. It's a he has a podcast called The Sausage Castle. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll, like so for a second, forgive me, but I was imagining like the bear, but some man named. Mike Busey that owned a sausage restaurant, Sausage Castle. Oh no, no, no. he his he has a mansion that's yeah. called the Sausage yeah, Castle. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. who you're talking about now. Yes, yeah. So he was, and he's he's a good friend of mine. I've I've known him for for quite some time. Uh, he does have perfect teeth, crazy teeth. Uh, <laughs> and dude, they're so white all the time. They're so I'm fucking white. Really square. Jealous to be honest. I'm looking at him going. Dude, Man. I like look at his smile and I look at my smile and I'm like, bro, I got a white guy smile, like a real white. My top <laughs> lip completely goes away. I look like oh, yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't do it. Look like a little butthole. <laughs> bro, my like my I don't know what it is about how God created my mouth, but dude, it fucking my mouth is stupid looking. It doesn't make a real smile. It just kinda like does an oval. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! This is when we need the camera. Everybody's like shaping their mouth into different smiles. Dude, yeah, we'll definitely bring the camera out. Camera, Kyle, you just get you a GoPro. He has one. I have one, and I was trying to get like a cool, like aesthetic background instead of being a go to 
Oh, bro, all you got to do is go to Amazon. Yeah. And you, honestly, you could use your living room. You just go to Amazon. You can get um, turn all these lights off and get one of some of those like nice studio lights and you can yeah. get you can find those studio lights for like a hundred bucks hell yeah and get like two of those and put uh put a bright light back here in the kitchen just put it on the couch and you're straight for show we're definitely gonna build like a, a little studio or even take one of those uh, bedrooms and just yeah, I'm gonna, black it out i have like a, a put gear, a couch and a shit, gear yeah. room that i'm gonna turn into yeah. our podcast room and stuff. for sure so smart yeah man <laughs> We weren't sure how this was gonna go, but like it's been a lot of fun, and we're no, this has been six, so sick. It's our sixth episode. Six episode I'm gonna be so. pissed if you guys get a camera and don't bring me back. I'm gonna be so dude. Mad. We're dude. we okay. We here's the thing: is we're mobile too. So like, oh yeah, yeah we yeah. want to like I want to go places and do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, dude, I, I'll set something up to where we can have you out to to do like me and one of the other band members. Yeah, like in the sick, on man. the bus. Yeah, that's, Hell yeah. Make sure it's the bass player. <laughs> he's a good one. He's, yo, he, he's a good one. Too. He used to be in a band called Conditions. He has a really cool story. I, I looked. I saw some stuff on him. Um, I, I kind of got dist- I got distracted. I was in the middle of like checking out some of his social stuff. Um, but like that, that this is kind of like again. This is like while wow, we're doing this. That's the first person I check out any yeah. band. I'm like the guy from Gideon. I'm like. Checking him out, Caleb, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, that's who I check out—the dude from Sleep Token. Like, I look at all his socials now. I'm like, yeah. you know, like all his Charvel endorsement shit. I'm like, don't make me buy a fucking Charvel. <laughs> I will. But you know, I, I want to know more about the the fucking nitty gritty, man. I want to yeah. know more about the people that are back there, like that have these. Like Jelly's story is really awesome, right? Yeah, like, Jelly's story is incredible. But I think that's yeah. unique compared to a lot of like the stars yeah you know what i mean for sure i want to know about the motherfuckers that have had to grind i want to know about the you know the guys yo he he yo to be real with you that motherfucker did exactly what we've done oh yeah oh Oh, dude i remember probably and honestly probably dirtier like (laughs) that dude went he was in hip-hop shit that van that they were in was crazy i mean it was it was like just a 15 passenger van and then they went to a camper and like dude i i ask casey about it all the time because our guitar player casey he's been with jelly for like 10 years so he's like, he was there with Jelly when Jelly was like heavy into drinking and heavy into drugs. And like he was there when Jelly and Bunny first met. And Jelly, he he helped Jelly move to Vegas to move in with Bunny. So he was there for all of that. He met his he <laughs> met his girlfriend. Casey met his girlfriend on with Jelly. And she came out and did merch for a long time. Now they have two kids together. Like, Casey has stories, dog. Like, Damn vet. Didn't did he write some of the stuff? Uh, he wrote he wrote Creature. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. Say I, and and oh, no, creature went platinum. Cool. Yeah, so he got a platinum with Jelly, which was Hell very yeah. fucking cool. Our DJ just got a um, DJ Chill. He just got a gold record with Jelly. Uh, the Brantley, the Brantley and Jelly song, uh, yeah. "Son of the Dirty South." He he had a part in doing the the producing on that, which he so he just got a gold record, which is really cool. Yeah, man, that's, that's why I like him, him, man. He just like when you look at Jelly stuff, you just it. The, I, I feel. Like, I can relate to that dude. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Dude, you know what's cool about him is he doesn't, like, he'll work with the big songwriters in Nashville. Like, he'll work with, like, the Ashley Gorleys and, like, all those people. Mm -hmm. Um, But he seeks out the people that don't have hits. He seeks out the people that don't have number ones yet. Like, the people that, uh, him, Rob, and, uh, what's this other dude? Uh... I can't remember the other guy that was on Need a Favor, but that but that was Rob's first number one 
was with Jelly on when he he when they wrote Need a Favor, um, and so like he seeks out the 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 up and coming dudes, the young yeah. dudes that are like, and it's so fucking cool. And it it's not like it's all for good motive. It's all because he's like, I want to I want to help someone get a number one. Right? Like I want to like yeah, yeah. I want to be able to give someone a number one that doesn't have a number one. He not knows the like, fucking grind. That's he's awesome, not like man. I want the best writers to get the best songs to have because <laughs> I want all these number ones for me. He's like, nah, dude, like. I want to see other people win. Like, and the dude yeah. is just so fucking cool, man. And look at what it look look at what it does for him. Look yeah. look what fucking karma. You know what I mean? Like, not that he hasn't for worked real. hard, but you know, like being like that and being a good human and like and really checking in to other people. Definitely, I mean, it definitely plays a part. Like, there is there is a a part to be played with destiny and manifestation and karma, um, for sure. And a lot like hard work and busting your ass is not like. A massive portion of that but there anybody would be crazy to think that manifestation or karma or destiny doesn't align certain things bro oh, i sure, i'm man. manifestation in and destiny aligned me with this every step that i've ever taken even though it's been shitty or like even though it was like shitty for 10 years every step that i took led me to this today and if i would have taken one different step who knows what would have happened if Siler would have got big i never would have done this right. and by big i mean house of blueses you know what i'm saying like yeah that's the extent that Siler would have been Siler wouldn't have sold out amphitheaters Siler yeah. wouldn't have sold out arenas like it would have never happened yeah. nope. this would have never happened and um the biggest we could have possibly gotten was selling out house of blueses or maybe like express live you know like a maybe you know what i'm saying but even then that's a stretch but you know, because of every move that I made, not knowing what was going to happen, but just because I thought like that's where I was supposed to be guided or that's what I was supposed to be doing. That's what felt right. Like has got me into the position that I'm at now, but that mm -hmm. like, bro, and even down to the phone call from jelly, like, or from, from his team, I wasn't the first call. I was the second call, but their first call just so happened to not want to tour. Yeah. How many times does that happen? Yeah. How many times do you call someone number one call and they're like, "Yeah, I just don't want to tour that much." I bet they're picking themselves. Never <laughs> happens. See, dude, yeah. and I was a, I was a second phone call and like said yes and drove down that like that day that night the I, the same day of the phone call I drove down that night yeah. and it was like I left work drove and like and. You know, it's just like every st like destiny and manifestation and karma all play a massive role in all of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. See, I think about that shit. I think about like when I think about manifestation, I think about it. I go like, you know what? I can get there. So like, I feel like if I connect myself to it, that it'll happen. You know what you, I mean? Like, you will. You will get there. It's not that you can. You will for sure. And like. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of things in this business at any level mm -hmm. that can that can fucking chop your legs out from underneath yeah. you. Easy. But yeah, if you're the sure. kind of motherfucker that can't handle that and like get back up, it yeah. like humility's a big thing, man. Huge. I'll never forget I was playing with this dude out of out of Ohio and he, he was doing a lot of a touring, so like this was like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Um and I start doing all this traveling again. I'm gone every weekend and like just doing, you know, and I remember he called me one day. His, his name is Noah Smith. There's a there's another there's two Noah Smiths, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, 
But the Ohio knows Smith. He calls me, and I'm walking up to my condo, and he was like, hey, man, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, okay, cool. He was like, you're kind of being unprofessional, and I need you to learn the material better. And this whole, like, practicing before the show, is it's got to stop. It's unprofessional. I was like, what? I was telling you this the other day. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm. I think I'm doing a, a him a service because I'm re- like rehearsing before we play, but he doesn't like the fact that I like I'm tucked away in a corner somewhere, it's a small venue, you know, and, and I'm fucking over there playing my bass and shit. And he's like, <laughs> "What the fuck are you doing?" And like he he just made it. I don't know if it was. I took it. Is just it just motivated me instead yeah. of me being like, well, fuck you, guy. Mm. You know, like, you're paying me to be here. Yeah. I was like, well, fuck you, guy. I'm gonna fucking be better than than you fucking think I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna show up and do the way better now just because you said you know you had to, you said something like, yeah. if you don't want me to rehearse, fine. Yeah. I'll just fucking I don't know. It's like I I use my I use my anger in a weird, strange way. Not <laughs> no, always no. in the right way, but like I, when it comes to my music stuff, like I feel like you, you got to be a fucking dog, man. You have to. You, you got to be a fucking, fucking dog. Have to. Dude, yeah. bro, people are going to talk shit to you. People are going to hate on you. People are going to hate you like for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Just because oh, you're yeah. successful. Just because you're who you are. But yeah, yeah the dude, bigger you get, the more they fucking oh, hate dude, you, Dude, for sure. For sure. Um, but bro, like back to that manifestation thing, like I, I had last year probably like one of those moments where it just like really fucking hit me. And it was when we played Tortuga. And so this, this is like, <clears throat> you know, I was kind of like iffy about manifestation stuff, but like until this moment. So like my mom, when I was a kid, I was like, I wasn't like super, I was a super fat kid, got made fun of for it all the time. You know, the, how the story goes, you know, whatever. Um, but I was just like, and I like no girls wanted me. And like, so I'm getting in middle school and like all my guy friends are getting girlfriends. And like, you know, they're like, oh, well, she has a crush on this guy. She has a crush on them. no girls had a crush on me. No girls wanted me, whatever. And I was just like, I remember one day I just got so fucking upset about it. Cause like all my guy friends were getting like their first kiss. And I literally went home and cried. Cause like no girls wanted me and no, dude, it was like, I felt looking back, I feel bad for my parents. Cause I'm sure it was like super disheartening to like watch that happen. Oh yeah. But, but dog, I was like, I was just so upset. And I remember just sitting there crying and, you know, my dad walks out and my mom's like staying in there, just like rubbing my back. And, um, it's like, it's nighttime. I'm like about to go to bed and just still obviously super upset about everything. And, um, and she goes, she, this is when she introduced me to, uh, my happy place. And I was like. She was like, you're going to find your happy place. I was like, what's that? And she was like, well, you know, where, where do you think, where do you see yourself happiest? I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know how to answer that. And she was like, close your eyes. I was like, all right. And she was like, what do you, you know, when you, when, when, where are you, your happiest? And I was like, when I'm behind the drums and she was like, okay. She's like, okay. So imagine yourself behind the drums. Like, where are you playing? And I was like, on an ocean. And she was like, okay, so you're on the beach, you're playing drums. Like, she was like, are you playing for people or are you like, whatever? I was like, yeah, there's a bunch of thousands of people there. Like, so she was like, just every time you get upset, like, think about this place. So anytime I get down, like, or feel away, like, I would just be in bed and I would like think about that, or I'd be in class and think about that, or like, if I was angry, I'd try to think about that, like, just 
playing drums on the beach with you know whatever doing my thing and dog like we sh- i get on st- so we get so told that we're playing tortuga last year and we get on stage and i'm looking out and i'm like <laughs> i did something really funny before this happened but um did I, you poop in a bag? Oh, oh no, even better. I um, sorry, sorry. To, I'm gonna interrupt the sap, the sappy moment for a second. I asked, I asked Jelly if I could, um, I asked Jelly if I could go stone cold beers, and he said yeah. And so our intro started. I ran out to the front of the stage on the catwalk, and I took two bush Bud Lights and I started stone colding them. Didn't know you had to open them, so. I'm just smashing these beers together. My hands are bruising and cause they're not open and bro. No joke. No joke. One of them finally busts open. And when it busted open, I cut my finger. So I'm oh, bleed. Fuck. I didn't, I didn't. And I didn't know that I cut my finger. I didn't know I cut my finger cause I, my adrenaline's going and I'm hearing the, the track in my ear and I'm like, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to when I have to play. I'm getting yeah. closer. And so I turn I, the beard, whatever. And I ch- I chug it up. I'm like, damn, my finger kind of hurts. I turn I turn around to take <laughs> off running because the tracks are like about to start, yeah. or the like where I come in is about to happen. And I turn off to take off running. I fall. Oh, I face God. plant, face plant in front of like ten thousand people, and it was on the fucking big screen. And everything. And so I face plant and I roll and we're on the beach, whatever. I'm super embarrassed that this just happened. And it's like, obviously the fucking fat guy in a cutoff falls on stage. Like, what are the, you know what I'm saying? Like, who else to that for that to fucking happen to? And like, so I, I try to smoothly roll and brush it off and like get up and run. And uh, I get back to my drums barely in time. And I start playing... And I, I look down and there's just blood everywhere. And I was like, holy shit. So during this moment, so to, I'm not even kidding you, dude. I have, there's, I have a photo I have to show you where I like put it on my face like war paint because it just wouldn't stop bleeding. Um, but in these moments while I was on stage and bleeding, I took a second to, to after everything kind of like calmed down and I realized what was happening. I like we were we were between songs and I just like looked up and I was like holy fuck I'm on a drum set on a beach like the background was the ocean and like the people were standing I was like yo what the fuck like it was just like (laughs) everything that I had pictured like in this happy place that my mom made me develop yeah fucking 20 years ago and um or you know you know however long ago and and it was just like I, I couldn't it just it really just took me back for a second and i got off stage and i was like you know I, well ems was off ems was there and they told me i didn't need stitches but they were like yeah you should probably fucking clean that and wrap it up but then after all that and everybody was like done checking on me um i uh i'd call my mom and i was like yo you remember this like you remember telling me this she was like yeah and i was like yo this shit just like happened she was like I told you. I told you, baby. <laughs> I told you, baby. I told you, baby. Listen to mama. <laughs> You're going to do it. You did it. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, dude, it was just... Uh, sorry, I, I thought... Awesome, I, I love telling that that story because that, that's like... 
Yeah, man. My big manifestation story. But it's real. And it's real. And it's real. It's it's fucking real. People people like, discount that like the mind is is power is all is powerful. Yeah. And like you I think sometimes you subconsciously do things and you know, for, for me going back to like why we named the podcast The Hang, like I feel like I could go into a room with anybody and cut up and 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 find myself like in a situation where like these people look at me and go, that dude's a, that's a good dude. That guy's mm. fun to be around. Yeah. You know, like, I, and I try to be, I think like subconsciously people maneuver based on those manifestations. They don't realize right. that they're doing it, but they're like, their mind's like taking them to the right place. And that's the shitty thing about. It can also take you to a bad place. It, I was getting ready to say it. It can take <laughs> yeah. you to a real bad place because. I think that if you tell yourself you're sick enough, you can get sick. Yeah, you know oh, what I'm saying, like sure, yeah. just and Get not even leave head. your house. Yeah, like, yeah. You could be sick. You can tell yourself that you're sick enough to where you're dude. Mm-hmm. We, I'm, I'm t- can, I, will you go to my house tonight and talk to my wife? Because I, sometimes <laughs> I'll tell her I'm like, she'll be like, I'm starting not to feel good, and then she starts to like, yeah. And, she, and the next thing I know, she's sick, and I'm like, just quit thinking about it. Just quit, like, <laughs> yeah. just you know, like she's like, oh, Mister is gonna fix it with his mind. <laughs> That's what I, she says. You know, to me. sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it don't always work, you know what I'm saying? Because like I'll start, I'll start to get that sickness feeling, and like I'm a hypochondriac, so like the moment I notice anything that's different about my body, I start to kind of freak out. Yeah, and which doesn't help the situation, but I'll try to like, if I know, like I know the feelings of when the what kind of sickness is coming, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah, like I I'll get sick two times a year. I'll get sick in the spring, and I'll get sick at the end of fall, beginning of winter. Like sometime between, sometime between October and December, I'm, it's inevitable that I'm going to get sick for a week, and then sometime between February and March, it's or uh, yeah, February and April, it's inevitable that I'm going to be sick, and it's always like um, sinus infection or like respiratory infection every single fucking yeah. time. And but I can tell the telltale signs because the mucus in the back of my throat starts hardening <laughs> and it hurts to swallow and i'm like yes. yep here it fucking comes dude. It's, it's, it's here it's there's no avoiding this, this sucks. one <laughs> oh my god dude speaking uh, of uh manifesting um uh, i know this is one that you manifested for a while was playing louder than life oh my god and dude. and just being in the crowd yeah. seeing you get to do that yeah, yeah. like like I was emotional out in the crowd and I wasn't even the one playing it, but like yeah. just having somebody that I personally knew mm. and I knew how much that meant to you. Like, dude, that moment when you're fucking stone cold <laughs> beers with the double kicks going, yeah, like, dude. God, I mean, that's a moment I'll never forget, bro. And to do that in your home, in your hometown, dude, that's just incredible. Yeah. That was something I'd just been dreaming of for years. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I watched all, like all my friends do it. I, every year I was like, are we on ladder in life? Are we on ladder in life? And it was like, it just never got it. And so it just, I was just waiting for my turn, man. And like, um, yeah, dude, I I always wanted to play that. It was like we were playing every Danny Wimmer festival except that fucking festival. <laughs> and I was like, what the motherfucking... <laughs> Um, but honestly, I, I think things are obviously meant to happen the way that they're supposed to happen. And Mm -hmm. I think that it was meant for my first time to play that with jelly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it would have been a lot different outcome if I played with Siler or, you know, anybody else. But it's like, I think I was meant to play that festival drumming for jelly roll and, and dude, the, the impact it had on me to just like look out and like see friends and family and like, bro, it was, it was 
it was something I'll just never forget. Like I got to bring my sister out to throw drumsticks at the end, which was super fucking cool. Like, That's awesome. uh, yeah, dude, it was very, very awesome. Shout out Casey Ash. <laughs> well then like one of your bands you're working with got to play yeah, this year. Yes. Yes. Which was cool. Dude. Good. Oh, I'm so happy for them that they got that. And honestly, dude, this, this year was because uh, that was on their own. Uh, oh, sorry. You're good. Um, Dude, you know, last year when I got them on Rockville, um, that that was a me doing and and kind of the the work that I've done in in meeting people. And so I, you know, I got a favor for I got a favor from someone that was I was like, yo, please do this, like, because the year prior there was a band that was on Rockville and I was talking with this person. And uh, I was like, yo, how the fuck did this band get on here? She was like, <laughs> and, sorry, I'm not going to say. They were like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like a favor. And I was like, yo, can you do me a favor? But I'll give you a good fucking band to put on here. And she's like, <laughs> send me their stuff. And I send it to her. And she was like, and they were, sorry, they were like, uh, I already fucking fucked up. No, she was like, doesn't, she don't work for them anymore. So she was like. She was like, yeah, like, this is fucking incredible. I'll put them on. And so she put them on and she, I saw her over the summer after that show. And she was like, when we were out in LA and she was like, yo, I've never had so many responses from a new band, like a new unsigned band that like has never played this festival. Like Hell yeah. I've never had so many emails and like, cause she would like check the, the groups and stuff. She'd be like, and it was just like, bring, you know, bring devil's cut next year. Or like do this or there was emails about Devil's Cut for them to come back, and I was like, "Well, hell!" I was like, "Let me know when I need to, you know, email you and you know see about submitting for offers for for uh, next year." And because they'd already had fall booked, and, and she was like, "Oh, you don't have to email me." She was like, "I'm already going to send you offers," and like, no, oh, yeah, the offers they sent this year was like a significantly better guarantee than what was last year. And they got to do two festivals this year. So like, because they crushed on their own last year, they like already, they got this on their yeah. own, on their own this year. And I was just so, so proud of them. And that's, that's what's blowing my mind, dude, is like anytime they play, it's just like, how is this band not bigger? They're like this, everybody fucking loves them. And, and like, it, I think they're just so different that, people are scared. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 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 Them toying with country, the country look and metal is like terrifying people. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. they don't, they're like, I don't know what we could do. This is like, no, you put them on a fucking metal tour. Like you always do. Like, <laughs> uh, except they're actually good. Yeah. They just Sorry. did that run with Attila, right? On the way out to, yeah, yeah. Uh, to aftershock. They did a week with Attila and fucking crushed. They crushed. Yeah. Like they bro. For a band, it, and I'm going to tell you this, they did that with no guarantee. They Literally, Attila did me a favor. Attila did me a favor to get them out to to Aftershock. Because I've, I've been friends with Attila for like, goddamn, seven, eight years now. And they did me a favor and put them on Aftershock, or put them on that week-long tour. But they had already had that tour like announced and the lineup announced and everything. So they were like, hey we'll put you as an opener, but we can't like give you a guarantee because this shit's already been packaged with all the promoters and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I was like, cool, just let them set up merch. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So they set up merch and bro, these these fucking kids broke even on a seven day run to California with no routing dates back broke even. No shit. Insane. Yeah. To In me. the church yeah. bus. 
in, in, in the little church van. <laughs> Fuck, man. Dude. T- tell no, that's, yo, that's huge, man. For that's, real, a, that's, that's, a yeah. band that sucks would not cannot do that. No, if your band yeah, sucks, no. you cannot do that. No, they're good, like, man. I've watched Trey for a long time. I mean, I'm talking like uh, when Tech World had the side stage. Neither of you will were, were alive for this. I remember around. Tech World, but I never went. But so yeah, same. me and like we just were always in these like. I would not always in it was it was in the clear and seven day sun and instead of like working together like we should have like we should have brought them in to this Kenzie Sabrosa in the clear mix because Trey's really good. I mean Jeremy Jeremy uh, so McMahon good. was a good drummer. Yeah. They I mean they have a they had a good band. Dude, Trey talks about how good of a drummer he was. Yeah, yeah Jeremy. Yeah, awesome. I see yeah. my coach. I've never. He seen had him. a huge white double kick. Yep. DW kit that was sick. I uh, I coach his kid in basketball, um, <laughs> but uh, but like, there was a weird competition thing there. Yeah. Like we were talking earlier, and you know, like like I said about the artifacts thing, there was a there was a time where I'll never forget. We were in <laughs> we were in Manhattan, Kansas, mm. and we had played. And I knew that Seven Day Sun had been out there. So here we were touring the same circuit, right? We were probably touring a lot more than they were, but they were hitting some of the same spots. And then I see they had these really cool stickers, and they were like twice the size of a regular bumper sticker, and it had like this like like sun kind of thing in their name. And it just so happened that our In the Clear sticker fit perfectly over their name, and it still had the top. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, it's just meant to be a joke, you know? Like, I'm that, yeah. I was that guy. So I was like, plop, snap, you know? And uh, it did, I didn't even have to show anybody the picture. They went back out there, like, a month or two after we were there. And next thing I know, I'm looking on the fucking, uh, we used to have this factor, well, 502 message board thing. The mojo? Uh, no, it was before then. <laughs> and uh, there's this fucking picture of the bumper sticker, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like so we always we had this back and forth thing there was actually a time where in the clear had broken up well Andy left yeah, yeah. and we called Trey and was like hey man I want you to come and jam with us and I used to have a recording of what we did it was like this it was, it was heavy we started like getting into this heavy shit and he was ripping it and I was uh, thinking oh yeah. this might be the this might be the dude mm. and it was weird because I don't remember us ever resolving it. Like he just came and jam one time, and like I don't know that we ever talked about it again. Yeah, but I <laughs> he res- never told me about that. I respect him. Oh yeah, <clears throat> it was uh, it was a long time ago. It was on Logan Street. But I, I mean, as for as for as much as I like, we've kind of was, was that Fat Trey or Skinny Trey? <laughs> it was Skinny Trey. Nice, but it wasn't skinny. I'm a vegetarian. Skinny Trey. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't 2001 Trey <laughs> oh god I love him so much I give him so much shit about it too dude, but I, I can do that because I am big you know what I'm saying right. like, yeah. I'm mean like hey dude this motherfucker I saw him at Trey he was so we he booked my band Yo, at Trixie's he wasn't even that big though like Fat Trey wasn't even no, that but, big but, for real but, for real you but know what I'm saying he just I don't know he just I don't know he's plump yeah. you know what you do <laughs> I'm fucking me too <laughs> and I remember he booked us at Trixie's, uh, me and the Quinnies, to do like some Wednesday night like cover stuff there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had, I hadn't seen him forever. And I'm like, 
God damn, motherfucker, eat you a fucking piece of cheese or something. And get you some. F-. He was so skinny. He was like, yeah, man, I stopped eating meat. I've gotten healthy and stuff. And then he was doing the verses at the time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I can get down with this band. It's good. It's it's not like you know amazing, but it was good. I was thinking this motherfucker's still after it, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then when he started doing Devil's Cut, the first thing I thought of was, I fucking hate the name. <laughs> And then it kind of grew on me. And then I saw some some of their videos and songs and stuff. I'm going, man, they're fucking good. <laughs> they're fucking good. Oh, and like, yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, you know, again, coming from an envious place, I'm like, here I am just a couple years younger than him. And I'm yeah. over here just doing covers, not doing any heavy music anymore. I got nobody to fucking play it with. You know what I mean? And I'm like watching them. I'm like, so at Louder Than Life, I was like, man, <clears throat> Got I gotta see I gotta see this you know I got I gotta I gotta watch this man and I, and I, I found myself because I had just watched him play it at the Louisville Loves New Metal thing, but I was watching him and I was like man fucking Bravo good for you good for yeah. you man like just keep after it like you have and gone through stuff losing his dad you know selling off the business yeah. and like all that shit and to still like be like I'm fucking doing it I'm going to Rockville Dude. I'm fucking playing louder than life Crush I'm gonna it. go on fucking tour yeah. you know. I'm I'm so proud of him because he's he's overcame a lot and you know me and him like that's dude that's one of my best friends you know what I'm saying like and I me and him have had to get in like real conversations where I've had to like fucking buck up to him and be like yo quit acting like that like you can't you can't <laughs> act like this like yeah. you know what I'm saying and he don't like it he gets upset and he'll buck up too and like say some shit and I'll say some shit and like but that that's just that's just it it's just real like it's just real shit. Yeah. And that's sometimes you got to hear that whether you like it or not. And uh, he's taken it and I've taken it. And uh, dude, and he's he's just so driven and so hardworking, sometimes a little bit overdriven um, and doesn't know how to like sit back for a second. And like if he, he kind of has that that thing where if he's not moving, he feels like he's not doing anything. And yeah. which I, I can relate to and Guilty I understand, yeah, which I can relate to and understand. But sometimes you can't let that win because it can cause you to make very rash decisions that are not good decisions. Right. Um, and, but other than that, dude, like I, th- I think, and maybe I'm, I'm probably biased, but I, but you know, I, f- I found when I found Trey, I was like, dude, this guy's vocals are way too good to not be doing anything. And <laughs> so that's when I came in to them when he was in verses and I helped, I sent him to a producer that I knew that, uh, that I knew up in Cleveland and that's when they did their last EP and then they did like a small little run and uh, some some of the members left and I was like hey man this band kind of sucks I was like you could do a way cooler band you should do this and I was like I'm, I was like I'm telling you the country route is about to go rock and like there's gonna be a lot more rock influence and this is like I called it's 2019 before Hardy ever did anything fucking cool and um <laughs> And I'll say it right now, and I'll say it to his fucking face. Before he ever decided to put fucking rock, like actual rock, into his and breakdowns and shit into his music, Devil's Cut was already doing it. I'll say it to him, and I'll say it to fucking anybody else that is doing it, thinking they're doing it right. But um, Hardy is doing it right. But <laughs> except he doesn't have a bass player, that, that pisses me off. I'm uh, like, excuse me, perfectly good one right here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they like. I, lo- I love Hardy. I love his whole band. I'm not, I'm not talking shit. Um, 
but you know, Devil's Cut is just such a fucking great band of Trace, such a great vocalist, and um, I'm really, I'm really excited because I, th- I think, I think 2024 is going to be some very, very cool shit for them. So, hell yeah, um, yeah, well, that's awesome, man. I don't know how you have time for all that, but it's you know fucking hard. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody <laughs> tells me. Everybody's like, how do you have time for that? I'm like, I don't fucking know, man. I just do it. I just fucking do it. Yeah, it's hard. Well, man. Thanks for coming, dude. Dude, this absolutely. is awesome. We have to do this again. Yeah, for sure. I, I want any time. Literally, I love doing this shit. So yeah, man, we'll have to uh, sneak down to Nashville and please and catch you soon. And yeah, I know you got a big year coming up. Uh, you guys have some dates with Morgan. Yeah, yeah, uh, and we got some dates with Morgan. Oh no, and, shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah, we got Crash by Playa with uh, Luke Bryan. Luke, yeah, um, yeah, we got five or six shows with Morgan Wallen, and then we got some other stuff. Hell yeah. Just yeah. played the CMAs, played Red Rocks this past year. Uh, played Red Rocks last year. What was that last, last year? year. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we did like our first big boy arena sold out this year in Oklahoma. Yeah. We sold out the Oklahoma City Thunder Arena oh, um, sick, on man. our own, which was really fucking cool. And um, Yeah, dude, just, we did some fucking cool shit, bro. I played with Cher. <laughs> We played. We just played with Cher, dude. Like and Cher, Usher, Nelly, Usher, Nelly. Yeah, dude. I got to play drums for Nelly. Um, dude, I met Leonard Skinnerd. Like, you know, not, I mean, not, obviously not the original guys, but yeah. the last um, one. The, no, he's he he passed away too. Oh yeah, Gary Rossington. Yeah, he yeah, he did. I but they about that. but they presented Jelly with his guitar on on stage. No, so shit. I played yeah. I played Simple Man with Leonard Skinnerd, me drumming, like our whole band backed Leonard Skinner playing Simple Man. And um and then they, yeah they presented Jelly with Gary Rossington's guitar because Gary Rossington's last show uh, was at the Ryman and they had Jelly out to sing with them yeah um so yeah but I got to play with Leonard Skinner like dude I, we did some really 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 cool stuff this year I met J- got to hang out with Jason Aldean finally after all these freaking years <laughs> is he uh, is he short yeah yeah. Yeah, just I couldn't tell. He's if he not was like, like super short. He, he's not like he's Justin. Like, he's like five. He's not Justin Morris. Yeah, okay, Justin no, 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 no. Dude, we he's like, about as tall as you. We walked yeah, on Justin like Morris' fucking yeah. bus, and I was going, "Oh, you're like five nine, five ten. You like five nine, five ten. All right. Um, but yeah, dude, he yeah, he's not short, but he's not five nine, five ten. I couldn't tell, oh, but yeah. super cool, dude. Him and him and his wife both were so fucking cool. Oh yeah. Dude, look at all the cool shit you're getting to do, man. <laughs> Dude, it's a it's a blessing. It is an absolute blessing. I I'm I've bu- I mean I've busted my ass to get here, but you know you just it, I don't know if maybe you feel this way or but I I don't know. Sometimes I just never feel like I deserve the things that oh, I've been blessed every day. Get, you know, so I feel like every fucking just, day. I I wake up grateful every fucking day, and the moment I like start ever feeling some sort of sense of entitlement i'd have to i check myself like yeah. real quick, you know what i'm saying like there was one time i almost started complaining about the bus because like something about the roof was falling off or something or something was wrong with the door or some shit and i like literally checked myself i was like dude you don't have to drive you don't have to drive you don't have to drive a van you're not stuck in a small fucking little thing you're yeah. not whatever like you're on a fucking bus and you're going to play a show for like ten thousand people like 
you're fucking worried about the roof of the bus is coming down. What does that affect you? That doesn't affect your sleep. And dude, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you fucking ungrateful little shit. Like, shut the fuck up. And so I was like, damn, yeah. Like, talking to myself, I'm like, oh, damn, yeah, you know, I'm being a fucking bitch. Dude, <laughs> I talk to myself every fucking day. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's weird. But you, you got to keep that energy, man. Always. You got to keep that fucking energy because yeah, that dude. is what makes. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a firm believer. And if you're not looking at yourself and going, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I mean, that's just my way. I mean, it may be, it may not be the most healthy. No, there's always, thing, there's always room to grow. It, it, you have to, you have to learn to love yourself. You have to love yourself, but you also have to understand that there is always room to grow and learn. And you always have to be grateful. And, you know, I, I think feeling blessed comes from a religious standpoint so like you know i like i feel blessed because i i just i just this the things that i get to do just don't get to happen every day and and you know that's i mean that's a blessing and you know what i'm saying and yeah um and I, i'm just beyond grateful for it so it's like that's that's how i feel you know what i'm saying but I i'm, love just, I'm that, so um, stoked i'm so stoked i love that you've done some of the biggest shit in country music in the past year yeah and met like just some insanely talented and big people, but yeah. you still took the time to come to Jeffersonville, Indiana, and sit in the damn kitchen. <laughs> Jake's with us kitchen, hey, dude. while his dogs trying to fuck Yo, you. And and you're guess just, what? You're still the same like humble, real dude that I've known for the past fucking what ten year, however long it's been. So I appreciate that. Yeah, we've yeah, known each other for a minute. This yeah. is fucking awesome, dude. I'll come to this fucking kitchen and get my balls like by your dog any day. <laughs> you don't have a choice sometimes. <laughs> It just happens. <laughs> no, nah, this is awesome, man. Thank you guys for having me, for real. Hell Anytime, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, man, we love you, and we're uh, so proud of you, and we'll uh, we'll be watching oh, yeah. what you do this year for sure, and definitely, uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll get together with you soon. Love y'all, boys. Love you too, man. Hell yeah. <laughs>